Right now, most... I'm holding a metaphorical paper cup when you said that Brian lets you spew whenever you want to. Ah, like, if you're going to spew, spew gross. into this. You know. um. <laughs> episode of the Cinema Beef yeah. Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Gary Hill, and with me as usual is Jamie. Hello, everyone. Glad to be here, as usual. How you doing? I'm doing okay. Doing pretty okay. Happy birthday to Fester. Aw, he thanks you. Yes. <laughs> He's 12, my He's 12. little man. Wow. Oh my gosh. And also with us is Suzanne. How you doing? Greetings. I'm here. Oh, wow. It must have been the movies, man, that killed her spirit or something. You know. No, it's my car that's killing my spirit. Well, yeah, that, that's a. Those are automotive woes. I understand those too. Uh, oh, and with us, a uh, long time coming, like we said before we started the show, uh, from the Psycho Semantic Cast and brand new co host of the VD Clinic with Vanessa McHenry. Mr. Darren Wilson, how you doing, sir? I am doing really well, thank you, for waiting until I was at least half competent to invite me onto this show. Oh, you're always competent, sir. As long as you have faith in your subject matter, it's, it's, all, it's all good. <laughs> well, I, I do know a thing or two about being an annoying punk rocker, so... I, I haven't quite released those first episodes of Cinema Beef to the Legion feed yet, but let me tell you, I sound like an ass on those shows, and uh, yeah... <laughs> <laughs> I still sound like an ass stop. I'm a little more of a, more of a competent ass. <laughs> we get better equipment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But we'll start this show the same way we always start the show. Now, I'm going to ask Darren, what have you been watching? Let's see. I just finished up binging the uh, Manhunt Unabomber series that's over on Netflix. Oh, that was amazing. Yeah. I, you know, I... I don't even think I noticed until I was halfway through that I think I started watching it because of the, the Austin thing, but I'm sure that was somewhere in the back of my mind. Movie-wise, I um, I just watched... Well, no, nah, I didn't even finish that one. I'm sorry. <laughs> that doesn't count if I didn't finish it. Oh, sure it does. I got almost all the way through Savage Land last night. What's that one? Savage Land is a movie, I think it came out about three years ago, technically. I don't know if it had any sort of uh, theatrical re- release or festival circuit or anything like that, but it's kind of a faux documentary about uh, the Arizona-Mexico border. And um, so far, it's there was a big 
you know, big ghastly murder. Uh, people are talking about an entire small town and a guy got arrested and they keep hinting at he's just being quiet because he doesn't want anything to happen to him. I really liked that film and made my top 10 for last year. Did it? Yeah. That's I encouraging. Like, do you do you know anything about it going in? Uh, no, or, just that I, okay. I think that's I good. heard two people say that they liked it. Okay. No, that's and, really good. That's the way you want it. Um, Bo, unfortunately, kind of inadvertently gave away the ending for me. And uh, I still I still really liked the film. So it didn't hurt it necessarily. But I wish I could have seen it unfold the way the filmmaker intended for it to unfold. And I think I would have been like, I would have enjoyed it that much more. So the less you know about it, the better. Great. Yeah. I'm really digging it. And I'm, I'm really picky with the found footage type movies, uh, but I'm really digging this. The only reason I didn't get all the way through was that my, I've got a three-year-old and he has given up naps. So I was just tired. And I found a good pause point, and I said, I'm going to finish this up after talking to you wonderful people tonight. Well, that's that's what you and the missus get for naming your son after a shirtless metal singer, okay? You, you, get, uh, <laughs> you get wild, you get the wild man, you know. I love that yeah. name, though. That's so great. What is it? His name's Danzig. Some people call him Danny. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Anything else, Darren? Uh, I mean... I could go on and on, but um, that's probably good. Okay. Suzanne. Oh, wow. It's been a mixed bag this week. Uh, Jamie recommended Jug Face to me, and I absolutely loved it. Woohoo! I love when that happens. I, I was so afraid that they were going to screw the ending up, and I would be, I'd walk away angry, but they actually didn't. And I just, I found it incredibly interesting. So that was really good. And thank you again. And I watched Fear No Evil, which I loved when I was younger. It just didn't hold up for me, but the soundtrack still kicks ass. Did you like the director, though? (laughs) I'm winking with the one eye. You guys can't see it, but I'm definitely winking. I the guy only directed one movie, so I couldn't beat the dead horse. Okay. <laughs> but the soundtrack was still really good. I mean when it opens up with Blue Monday, you know you're in for at least a decent soundtrack and a really bad movie. <laughs> I finally watched I Tanya and Alice and Janney stole the movie. Oh, she killed it. Oh she I love the parts so where they good. show you the clips from the real interviews. And oh, you see God, yeah. just how dead on she was. Does she play the mom? Yeah. Yes. Uh, okay. Yeah, she was uh, beyond fantastic. And when they were going back and showing the real interviews with that guy who was her bodyguard, I can't remember his name. Uh, Jeff being a, no, no, the, her, his friend. The, the, oh. the dumb fat guy. Yeah, I, I don't know his name either. Well, anyway, when they were showing the actual interview with him talking about being a counterterrorism <laughs> expert i, I was a, i have dying. A skills and i was like what are you liam neeson <laughs> <laughs> it's like no offense to anybody who's overweight but this guy was a just dumb 
blob of just just stupid. I mean, I cannot even. There, there are no. There's no way to describe the stupid that this man just emanates. It's just. I I can't believe that these many stupid people got together and actually pulled off something. I really thought. I I, I just after seeing it laid out like that. I don't know how the hell they could get out of bed and get their feet in their pants. I know. Those two goons were hilarious, too. Uh, they were they, they cracked me up. But they even nailed that guy's jacket. Oh, like, I know. For the movie, it just it was it was so accurate. I, I just loved it. And I also watched Lady Bird. Like I, said, I was all over the map this week watching movies, and I really enjoyed that. It was a nice little I don't know where the comedy comes from because I didn't find any humor in the movie. Me neither. I just I thought it was a damn good movie. And I followed it up with The Evil, which I absolutely love. And Richard Crenna and then Victor Bono as the devil, who just got, well, more and more devilish. So, yeah, I've been a little bit over the map, but that's kind of what I've been into this week. Okay. Uh, Jamie. Well, I've been watching such quality flicks as The Firing Line with Reb Brown, um, which, you know, honestly, Reb Brown in anything gets automatic points from me. I just, I love the guy, but the movie's not good. Even with Shane and <laughs> Tweed, not very good. But, uh, and things like, let's see, what did we watch today? Oh, Laser Mission with Brandon Lee. Oh, boy. We're into another pack. If you can't tell, but this one is uh, like a, it's only a six pack. Thank God. But it's called nightmare fuel and it has Vincent price on one side of the cover and Christopher Lee on the other side of the cover. Yet it contains movies like the firing line and laser mission and Abraxas. And I mean, none of these movies are horror films at all. Oh. At even a little bit. We're doing so, a Braxis one day just because. <laughs> now you know I own it. Damn it. <laughs> yes. No, I can get it. I'm not worried about that. <laughs> I think I own four separate copies of a Braxis. It's not on multi-packs. Just because uh, I went is... to the store and I seen different covers for a Braxis. <laughs> like ridiculous ones. Like there was one where he's like, like Jesse the Body. Not like looking now, but like conspiracy theorist Jesse the Body. You know, not, not like a Braxis, but... Like with like his his like his head was like cut off like floating in the clouds. And it said Abraxas, whatever <laughs> the universe. I was like, I had to have it. Like you know, it's another Abraxas cover. You know, I think it's Guardian of the Universe. Whatever um, it is, it, you know, I just don't get where they get off calling this collection Nightmare Fuel and having a and having like Vincent Price and Christopher. They're such liars. They're such liars. But. Is Horror so, Express on this collection somewhere? No, it's not. No. Okay. No, I actually like that movie. No, and, I do too. Yeah. To be so honest, I'm having fun. I'm having fun with some of these. Um, I did not, however, have fun with the last one, the Brandon Lee movie. Uh, it just, it was so boring. Just so fucking boring. I'm like, how can an action film be this boring? But it just, <laughs> I had to keep smacking myself to stay awake while just I was take watching. Take a step back here. and go go to the voodoo and go watch Showdown a Little Tokyo. You'd be a lot better. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, that gets, so, you, that gets that gives you Dolph Lundgren, Brandon Lee, and it gets you out in like seventy five minutes. So you're all good, you know. <laughs> well, fortunately, this pack is a small one, and then we'll move on to something 
probably equally horrendous. I don't know. I'll be glad when we get out of these multi-packs. But, uh, but I also did a show. I did a podcast under the series, which came out, uh, I believe, today. Yes. And uh, that was good because we talked about uh, three really good movies, Body Double and uh, Bird with a Crystal Plumage. Sorry, my brain is leaking or something. And uh, Shattered, which I had never seen before. So Duncan introduced me to this film as a Tom Berenger film, and it was really good. It was just like a thriller, but it was it was you know really good. I enjoyed it a lot, so I was happy about that. That was a fun show that we did, and that's about it, I guess. We keep talking about going to see Unsane, but we haven't done it yet. Yeah, it'll be on Netflix real soon. I got a feeling it's a Netflix. <laughs> it's a Netflix production, isn't it? I don't know. I, I, I haven't heard that. I know that. I know that the only thing I know about it is that he made it with an iPhone. Okay. I know that Annihilation is a Netflix production. That's coming probably very soon. Had the limited theatrical run, but you know. I'll yeah, it's into... been on Netflix everywhere else except for here. Yeah. Like except for the U.S. Uh, I'll get it. Make... Might be might be for the week when we get to that. <laughs> Netflix is making us wait for the Monty Python collection too. Well, that's coming. I'm, I'm happy. Yeah. Um, I, I've but never watched a lot of them. That up. And I've never had a lot of love for it, so maybe if I watch it on Netflix, I'll I'll enjoy it a lot more, you know. Maybe. Put it on a, put it on a plate, I'll enjoy it more. Like, like Rachel <laughs> Man, you know. <laughs> I, had I love a, Monty Python. Anything Monty Python. I had a great aunt that lived in Pennsylvania that adopted uh, abandoned greyhounds. And she used to send me audio tapes of Monty Python records. So uh, I was listening to them in my, my Walkman. Pretty. Did you ask for them, or she just randomly started sending them to you? Because if she did, that's really cool. <laughs> she just started sending them to me. That's uh, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> aunt Joy in Erie, PA. Nice. I had, a, I had an Aunt Joy as well, who's no longer with us, in Lansing, Illinois. So there you go. It's, uh, yeah, you're not going to get into that, but... <laughs> Uh, me, myself, I watched Pitch Perfect 3, and I know what you're saying, guys. Yeah, but it's not a surprise, because you guys know I enjoy this decent-looking chicks uh, who can who carry a tune kind of things. And uh, I have a slight Britney Snow obsession, and an even bigger... Uh, damn, it was at the top of my head, too. <laughs> I see Rebel Wilson, but that's not true. And a Kendrick obsession. That's, a, that's the even bigger one. Uh, I'll pretty much watch anything she's in, because she's Anna Kendrick. And um, I just watched a Fear Itself episode with Anna Kendrick last I, night for well, the next episode. She in? Uh, I, f- I forget what it was called. Oh, the Spirit Box, and uh, it was one of the ones that was never aired. Okay, but we are doing our retros- back You should. It was back. actually it was a pretty good one. But we are watching them. Um, we're doing our Fear Itself retro on evil episodes, and we're covering the last three episodes on uh, tomorrow night when we record and. The last three were never aired. I think there might have been four. I think one of the ones we covered on the last episode wasn't aired. But anyway, none of these were actually ever aired. But we, they're just they're available on, you know, if you have the the, the disc set. But yeah, it was I've pretty had good. It. It's probably got an inch of dust on it right now. <laughs> she was really young in this one. So I can't have impure thoughts on Anna Kendrick when I watch that. Then so that that's that's probably going to be a no go. <laughs> I went by the meatloaf philosophy of of fear, by fear itself, or you know, I'll do anything for for horror, but I won't do that because I watched <laughs> the first couple and I really wasn't feeling it. 
Oh, yeah, it was okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm a fan. I was a fan of the first one. The second one was okay. This third one was kind of big Stephen Pollock crap because they're really they're really drawing straws at this point to where the Barton Bellas decide that they're they're all have menial jobs now. So what do we do? We go on a uh, we go on a USO tour to go, you know, entertain the troops or whatnot and find love. And Rebel Wilson finds her father, who plays a British John Lithgow, and that's really dumb. And <laughs> c- collect the checks that John Lithgow is now, people. He's become the new Malcolm McDowell, and that's that's okay. He's in the twilight of his acting life, if you will. But uh, and that uh, that makes me sad for John Lithgow because I really really like his stuff. Uh, so that wasn't very good. And um, got to watch Hannah Kendrick for an hour and a half, so that there was that. <laughs> uh, what else is there? Oh, I watched Children of the Corn uh, three Urban Harvest because I got this sweet four pack for for like six dollars for from Walmart and it came with the Insta Watch so we could watch it on the Voodoo and way better than they they, they deserve to be looked at because they're like sweet HD. <laughs> uh, this one is is cheesy as fuck, but it's it's my kind of cheese. It's got Scrimmy Mag George and Kevin Yeager effects in it and. Some dude's spine gets uh, unnaturally elongated, like he's fucking Mechanic on Master of the Universe. And <laughs> oh, if you see the scene, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, is that the one with David Carradine, or is he in four? He, I I don't know. I know Naomi Watts oh. shows up as like the lead, and I think part four or five. I forget which one. But there's one that. Oh. I'm sorry. Oh no! You you were talking and I interrupted you. No, this is a series that like is like much maligned by a lot of people undeservedly, I think, because that they're all so different. They only they all kind of do their own thing, and I kind of respect them for that. So one of these days, I'll, I'm going to watch all these right in a row. And I think I'll have a really good time with them. They they, <laughs> they they hold together way better than the Hellraiser ones, in my opinion. But people say, oh. Well, this one has merit, that one has merit, but nobody ever really talks about the Children of the Corn series. But I know Jamie, uh, she she enjoys them for sure. She, uh, she oh, yeah. so, I, I think. <laughs> Actually, no, I do. I do. And, you know, several years ago, I did that thing where I went through a bunch of, it was just like every um, every franchise I could think of. I just went through the entire franchises. And I was like, do I was posting on Facebook the whole time. That's when I when I was going through the Hellraisers. I actually had a stopwatch Dang. timing how many minutes Pinhead was in each film, and I had like a running, <laughs> I, I was like a running commentary on. Oh, here he is again for another forty seven seconds or whatever. Um, I did Children of the Corn is one of them. The only one that only like big one that I didn't get to was Puppet Master, and so one of these days I'm gonna have to sit down and go through all those, but I haven't had the moxie to do that. When we get to the end of the show, you may have an excuse. I'll, I'll announce that towards the end of the show. So. Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Not for this project, for another project. Only if you're willing, okay? Oh, I see, okay. Um, I do want to throw in, I forgot, I'm Jamie Jenkinsing this here, I That's forgot great. that after last night's episode of The Walking Dead, we caught the first episode of The Terror, on AMC, and I really liked it. Okay, what is it? It's all about uh, these two ships, the Terror and Erebus, that are traveling, trying to find a way through the Arctic. And uh, it's 1846, by the way, and they, they sailed from England, and they're trying to find a way to cut through the Arctic. And 
they have this argument about whether or not they can get through because winter's coming and the ice is going to be solid. And and so one of the captains of one of the ships says we should go this way and it'll, you know, we'll have to spend the winter over here, but at least we'll be alive. And the other captain's all like ballsy and he's like, no, 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 we can do it. We're going to do it. So then at the end of the first episode, you basically see that they wake up one morning and they're completely ice locked. I mean, just completely locked in ice. And I'm like, who thought that would be a good idea ever? <laughs> but, <laughs> so but, what you're saying is that the ice is not going to break? Yeah, it is not. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and so they are. So the situation is that they're basically trapped here, like in this one spot for the winter because their ships won't move. So. And so far, some eerie things have been happening, but we haven't really we haven't really gotten very far into it yet because it's just first episode. But so far, I love the atmosphere. It has some it has a really great cast, and it's very creepy. It feels like a creeping dread kind of thing, which I can dig. So plus with the eighteen forty six timeline, it's fun. I like period pieces. So so far, I am really enjoying it, and so I recommend it. Uh, I just I recorded Trust last night, which I'm going to check out tonight after we finish the show. The one about the John Paul Getty's grandson getting kidnapped in Italy. I don't think I know. I don't think I know that one. I don't know either. Uh, Sounds oh, good. On, yeah, it's on FX. Like I said, it started last night. It's a short run miniseries. But I've always been fascinated with the, how fucked up that family is. I, I still oh, got to yeah. watch the Versace one. I hear it's insane. I've got to watch that. I was trying not to, but I'm going to end I, up. I, I hear that the Darren Chris is Andrew Cunanan is just something to behold, and I've always liked that actor from Glee, and, and uh, he shows up on The Flash. He does an amazing uh, cameo on there as well. And, uh... <laughs> oh, well, Did anyone watch Rome when it was no. on? Well, oh. I, I can't say I did that. I watched Rome. I was more like watching all the the, the blood and the fucking on that show. <laughs> so Rome was kind of watching me. Yeah, it was a great show. I loved it. And uh, I was going to say, if I can't remember their names, but the guy who played Brutus and the guy who played Caesar are both mm-hmm. in the terror. And I Ray, wish I could. Ray Stevenson? No, no, no. I wish he was in it. Um, <laughs> the the, the best him. Punisher, by the way, guys. Uh, Fuck that John Barenthal shit. You know, I, I honestly he, like all of them. He, I, kicks, he kicks a chair leg through a guy's eye in that Warzone movie, okay? Everyone bitches about <laughs> Warzone. I loved that movie. I thought it was super fun. But I didn't have a problem with the other Punisher. The, um, not really? Not, not Aaron. Um, what's his name? Thomas Jane. Thomas Jane. I always do that. I always try to make Thomas Jane into Aaron Eckhart and vice versa. But uh, Yeah, that's hard um, to do. Uh, I liked the Thomas Jane Punisher, and also liked the Barenthal Punisher. So I really, you know, whatever. I like Thomas Jane much better. I uh, <laughs> my my promise with Thomas Jane is is not his acting. I like Thomas Jane in a lot of things. It's Thomas Jane. I kind of got shined down by him one time ever since then. I'm like, yeah, fuck that guy. You know, it's it's. That'll uh, <laughs> happen. Like a dick. I was walking one way, and he was he was he was about to go to his table, and I tried to say hello, and he kind of like. He had a mohawk bigger than yours there at the time. I don't know why, but uh, he was—he basically gave me that "go fuck yourself" look. I was like, "Okay, Thomas J, go fuck yourself," you know. <laughs> well, you know, I have—I hate to to say this in front of Suzanne, but I had an experience with Dario that kind of soured me on him for a long time. 
this was years ago. This was like a decade ago. I was supposed to interview him and it was a phone interview and three separate times I changed my plans and because at the last minute, and I mean the last minute, I was on the phone with his whoever, his, his, um, oh, like his publicity person. They, and we were about to do the interview and then they came back and said, you know what? He's really tired. Can he call you back tomorrow? And I was like, uh, okay. So the next day I get all set up. They call me and she's like, you know, hold, hold for Dario. And then she goes and then she comes back. She's like, you know what? He just is not, he's just really tired. Give me, I'm like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> phone like, on the you, pillow. Oh, I if heard you that don't he is just do a it, shitty human being. Oh yeah. I'm like, if you don't want to do it, then don't do it. But don't keep putting me off. Like I have no fucking life. You know, I've got things to do. I'm, I'm moving my life around to suit you. And asshole, I was even going to do it in Italian. <laughs> He's too, busy, he's too busy fluffing Aja's nipples for it. Scoozy, oh, scoozy. Oh, you know? <laughs> Maybe a shit of a human being, but I love most of his movies. Way more than the... I probably should. I carried it over to the show. I'm sorry, Suzanne. You know? Oh, God. I swear to God. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to start calling you Willis now. But I had... Uh, I was... I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, yeah. I was writing uh, quite a lot, and... You know, in between writing about movies and books, I really I read this guy's book. I really liked it. And I sent him a message on Facebook, you know, hey, could I just uh, throw up a few interview questions just for my little blog? Because I read so-and-so and I really, really liked it. I'm not going to give anybody his name. And he's like, you know, um, I'm just so busy right now. And I really hate it when you people do this. So I'm like, <sighs> I uh, oh, people like me who buy your shit and we'll give you three questions and all you have to do is answer them. It'll take about I don't know, two minutes of your fucking life. Now you've lost a reader and I will tell everybody how much I dislike your work hoping that it steers them away from buying anything from you. So you just five minutes of your time was too much for people like me. So Who was that now? Is this Eric Reddick? No, his name is um, Richard Cadry. Or be like J.D. Salinger and put it all in a safe and everybody can check it out when you're dead. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what? That's one way to protect yourself, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Or who was it? Well, hell, Lovecraft. It was, um, he never really got any recognition in his time. You know, it was way later that people dug out his shit and got it it published again and, and got some recognition for it. So he never lived to see... The following, like the true following that he ended up having and the influence that he had. Yeah, and he just, he thought what he wrote was garbage. Isn't that interesting? (laughs) And then yet we have so many people out there who think everything they write is, you know, gold. Lovecrafting. Lovecraftian. I think that gets so overused. Just because you have a monster does not make it Lovecraftian. I've been reading Lovecraft since I could hold a fucking book. You know what? Yes. (laughs) <laughs> yes. you yes. are correct what you um, you you what you said right there yes. so, well, we were actually watching a movie recently where someone had i think they referred to themselves as lovecraftian and brian he takes that shit very seriously it's his life you are man and yeah, uh, i mean if he will call things seriously. lovecraftian if they are you know because it doesn't they're i mean uh, like, for instance, Reanimator isn't even really Lovecraftian because that's kind of outside of what he 
normally no, had, did. It was just a you short know? story. It had nothing to do with any of the right. mythos. The mythos, right. So, but then people just like to throw it around the word. And then we were, I forget, we were watching and he was just like, my ass. <laughs> 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 but it's you know, um, yeah, that's great. Uh, I so, love so, him. So you're saying that Reanimator <laughs> is the lawnmower man of Lovecraft films, then? You know, <laughs> my, I love Reanimator. Don't get me wrong, but oh, one of the too. things about it that absolutely irritates the fuck out of me is why did they have to change the timeline? I don't know. It bothers me. They need the eighties that shit up. So Should it be Barbara demoted to Lovecraft-ish? Is that is that a word that anybody uses? It's... I guess you could, but even then, yeah. it would have to fall within certain parameters. I think, uh, yeah. you know, just because it's like Suzanne said, just monster doesn't equal Lovecraft. It's not. That's not the point. Is not just. I mean, that's like. Then you could just go say, well, you know, Godzilla. That's Lovecraftian. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a very specific, stylized type of monster. I've only read a few of his things. The first thing I picture when somebody says Lovecraftian is like slimy tentacles. (laughs) I know that's pretty far off, but well, no. I mean, honestly, that's what uh, that's what I think. A lot of times, people think if something has tentacles, then therefore it equals Lovecraft, and that's not necessarily (laughs) also not true. Davy Jones, the Pirates of the Caribbean. Right. (laughs) Oh, Captain Jack Sparrow. He's so low (laughs) crafty. But yeah. Um, Yeah, that's an interesting discussion. Oh, yeah. What else? Oh, I watched the new collector's edition of the Burbs uh, that that Shout put out, and that's really good looking. Uh, It is. It is. I've seen it. I didn't dive into the extras yet, but I'm still curious why Dante is not on any of the commentaries for these new editions. Like, on the, he's not on a matinee commentary or a, this one. And matinee is kind of my favorite Dante one, and I'm kind of sad about that. But I still have to get it anyway for the full the full version of Mant that's on there for sure. So I can watch that. <laughs> well, he's not on the commentary, but he is in the some of the extras. Yeah, I've seen these in the extras. I just, I just so, was always curious why he's he hasn't been on these last two commentaries. I don't know if he's too busy to do them or what's going on, but I guess some if good. He doesn't album. remember enough or something. You remember? Did you guys ever see the commentary for uh, like Christmas Vacation? No. That is a train wreck. It is so bad. Is it as good <laughs> as the Total Recall one? They're all. Arnold? I haven't seen that one. Oh, so. Arnie's just describing everything that's happening in the movie right now. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> See, here I am at the airport, and I, I'm gonna, I dress as a woman. See, isn't that funny? <laughs> you know, stuff like that. You know. <laughs> I like Paul Verhoeven commentaries. Oh, those are kind of fun. It's just like sex and all over the place. Out of those commentaries, like this is where I have boobs in here, and look more boobs, and look incest in a way. I'm pretty sure there's like incest in that flesh and blood movie he made. I'm not sure though. I haven't watched it in so long, but uh, Rutger Hauer. You're a, you're a sick man, buddy. But uh, <laughs> oh god, I haven't watched that since like the Cinemax days. Well, that's that's a steamy one there. That Flesh and Blood. Uh, Isn't that the one Jennifer Jason Lee's in that too? Uh huh. Has she ever done a movie with without being naked? Well, hateful eight, but she just gets, she just gets beat the hell out of in that movie. Just the whole movie, just them beating uh, beating on her and uh, whatever. There you I don't go. Think she was naked in Rush, was she? I don't know. I think she was a little bit. I don't know. I don't like Jennifer Jason Lee. 
actually liked her in Hateful Eight. That's the only movie I can think of that I liked her in. Maybe a little bit in the jacket. But I've always had an issue with her because she can't seem to open her mouth when she talks. <laughs> well, she's got, like, super thin lips. Maybe she was Kristen Stewart's acting coach. <laughs> <laughs> and I just never thought she was cute. Like, I never got that. Like, when I'm watching Fast Times at Ridgemont High, well, Phoebe see, that, Cates, yes, please. That's the thing. Yeah, you see the you see her boobs, and that's all well and good. But you know, I think as far as boobs and bush on screen at the same time, those are the first time I've seen those things together on screen. So <laughs> there you go. It's, she always seems to have rusting bitch face. In the early years, her hair was frizzed out like, like, fucking Melissa Sue Anderson, oh, yeah. and I just never thought she was cute. Like I just don't. I never got that. I never, never, ever got it. And. Like I knew a lot of guys who thought she was super cute. Never understood it. Again, boobs and bush, you know, together. Well, a lot of women I have that. That's <laughs> <laughs> like it's like. I Jonah mean, Hill's, I think a pretty like, high percentage of women have boobs and bush. <laughs> well, no, a lot of them are a lot more conservative now. They tend, they tend to shave those areas. I'm not going to get into that, but you know, it's it's, it's uh, uh first pair of boobs, though. By the way. Still, uh, she's still number one in my heart. That that Joyce Heiser and just one of the guys, you know, and and those are nice. So th- there is that. Where the hell do you get off having boobs? Where do you get off having tits, man? And they're so great. I hate that guy. I hate that guy and everything he's in, especially Quite, April Fool's Day. Corona <laughs> or something like that. Whatever it is. Didn't he just got... kind of fade into oblivion? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> See. Jamie's like, here he goes again, saying, fuck this actor, you know? <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> oh, but one day we will do have birthday to me, only because I, I, I enjoy Jamie's company, and I know she really likes it, but... I yeah, do. Cut, cut I love minutes, that movie. Cut 40 minutes off that movie, I'll be a lot happier. Why? Doesn't need it. Yes, it does. <laughs> it's telling me a story. I'm going to go, don't want to go full Willis on you, Suzanne, because I will. Oh, I'll, God, go, I'll go full Willis I'll on go you. Full of- you can go half Willis, but don't go full Willis. Go <laughs> no half Willis. That's a thing. <laughs> it doesn't need it. You don't need it. Um, <laughs> it wasn't an insult, was it? Because <laughs> you wa- just basically said you didn't need it. So. <laughs> I, I watched Evil Speak because uh, I, I got a magical box of Blu-rays and it was in there. And I said, let's watch some Clint Howard action. But I'm not going to get into that because we're doing that one real soon on, on this show. Again? Within the next couple months, so I won't talk about that too much. Share my feelings for how awesome that movie is. See, it already gets a high rating in, in that just in that conversation alone. And uh, just random stuff, because we've been moving, and I haven't watched a whole lot of stuff as far as, you know, let's binge some stuff. So I've been, like, randomly watching Rick and Morty episodes in the A-Team on, on, on demand and just falling asleep like an old man, because I'm tired, you know. Um, Anybody current on uh, Ash vs. Evil Dead? I'm missing an episode in there. I think I need to watch the new one. I haven't watched any of it. I'm waiting for all of it to be in one place so I can binge the entire series in one sitting. It's okay. I'm, I'm Me being it. the one from a podcast that talks about horror on television, <laughs> I have not watched it. <laughs> <laughs> but I also its ratings are super Santa, down this year. Santa Clarita Diet, and I've heard the second season of that is really good, but I haven't watched it either. I yeah, watched like, the first episode of that. Yeah, yeah I've got to, once again, um, got to kick back and watch, because Pat and I watched all of season one in, like, an afternoon. 
Well, I'm, I'm I'm a Oliphant fan, so there there's there has built in right there for me. So he uh, he gave me one of my favorite catchphrases. I still use to this day. You know, is is the juice really is is the juice worth the, the juice worth the squeeze? And I, I use that often because you know the girl next door, not not the Jack Ketchum, but the the Emil Hirsch sex comedy that he plays a pimp in. And uh, <laughs> there, there, there's that. Um. That's it for what I watched, really. And I'm going to continue now with our beef bitches and mashed potatoes. Okay, who gets the barley uh, beef? I ordered barbecue beef. I think that's mine, but I didn't know the fries. Barbecue beef. Mine's the Duke Deluxe. Okay, who gets the barley beef? I heard that. Darren, uh... What's pissing you off this week, sir? This week? Yes. <laughs> um, let's see. I. It's always something political. Um, <laughs> oh, I, I expected it, Darren. Trust me, because you do a, a political podcast. You know, all spoilers aside, you know. Well, but part of the reason why that show exists is because people don't like bringing politics into too many other podcasts so i'll try to oh i i do sometimes but i try to i try to pull back the reins too as far as <laughs> going going too you know top heavy with that stuff yeah so um right now i would say the top thing that's really been pissing me off is um the the viciousness that i'm seeing these uh march for our lives high school kids catching um it's it's just been really getting at me. I think um, Rick Santorum, such a wonderful man yes. that I wish had already gone away. He, uh, he he's running for some sort of office right now, and the main girl, the spokes girl spokeswoman. I don't. I think she's seventeen. I don't know if that's a girl or a woman, mm. but um, the one that did the main speech at the DC march. Uh, they were trying to drag her through something about um being a communist <laughs> from cuba with a picture of her ripping up the bill of rights even though the bill of rights gives you the right to rip up the bill of rights true i just think true. it's weird that people are going after kids well and as it i just saw on philly earlier that that was fake anyway that the, yeah. originally that was a video of her ripping up like a, tar- forget, oh, a target ad, like a yeah. target poster ad, a target poster. And um, that then it was like altered to make it look as if she was ripping up yeah. the, was- the Constitution or the Bill of Rights. I, he said the Constitution, but yeah. whichever it was. Anyway, it wasn't real. But so people that's what kills me about it is people don't even no one stops to look and see if what they're actually seeing is real before they then go shredding people <coughs> over it. And we're talking about full-grown adults attacking <laughs> children. And if you look at the picture, the words at one point all come into one triangle. Like, uh, it's a bad Photoshop. Well, no one <laughs> wants to look. They don't want to look at anything. <laughs> My God. Why would you look at something when you can just fire off at the mouth? You know. Yeah. You know, while we're on the show, the subject, I'm really enjoying the guy, the, the guys keep being changed and sitting at the table, you know, the change my mind stuff, you know, they keep changing the words on it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Your mother sits cocks in hell, change yeah. her mind. 
The one I saw recently was "You're a Dumbass." Change my mind. That was my favorite. Oh, with Red Foreman. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, anything I else everyone, there? I'm sorry. I just oh my my only comment on this is I think everyone has gone and lost all vestiges of common sense. I can't argue that. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't matter what side you're on of anything anymore. You can't, there's no, there's no, like, I almost said safe space. I don't want to do that because I don't like that term, but it's, um, and that's a whole nother thing. But if it doesn't matter where you fall anymore, there's nowhere that you can be that is just calm. You know, it's, it's no matter what side you're on, no matter whatever, there is craziness going on all around you. And it's kind of jarring. It is. Not a lot of discourse, a whole lot of yelling. Yes. Yeah. And no one's listening to anything or saying anything. (laughs) Well, and whenever I see, and I don't get involved a lot with conversations I see online for that very reason. I avoid that like the plague. But uh, occasionally something will tip me just to the point where I have to finally say something. And Darren will know what I'm referring to. Likely, when I get to my (laughs) get in the soapbox, the soapbox. I I love that. He's like, "Yes, I do." Um, (laughs) When I get to my, you know, my little thing, but I rarely get involved because it just—it doesn't matter. It'll just descend into madness, no matter what you're talking about. And if someone someone will throw a point out there, just a random point, and someone else will say. And and I've I've just this morning I was reading a conversation where someone said, "Would you please elaborate on that? I'd like to understand." And these are the words they used. <laughs> Would you please elaborate on that? I'd like to understand where you're coming from. And then the other first person comes back and says, "You're just being a fucking troll." And I'm like, "What? They're <laughs> <laughs> actually trying to have a conversation with you, but you don't want to hear it because someone is is even though they're doing it politely, they're challenging your view just by asking you to define it." All they want you to do is be more be more clear, but you refuse to do that. You just want to scream at them and accuse them of trolling you when all they did was politely ask you a question. And that's everywhere. Everywhere. If you can handle a, a, a follow up question, your your stance isn't that solid. <laughs> exactly. Oh, but Jamie, what's what's your beef this week? <laughs> well. And I just want to say, Darren, that I initially was going to post this on your podcast page because I thought that would be more appropriate. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get to it. Like, I, it wouldn't let me. So, oh, really? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Did Do you not like me? No, no. I, uh, <laughs> I, will, I will fix that right now while you talk about your uh, Okay. Your I, yeah, I, I kept trying to go and it wouldn't let me go. And <laughs> so, finally, I gave up and posted it on podcast under the stairs one because i know you're there a lot um and i figured you'd see it eventually anyway but also because it was uk based and a lot of uk people hang out there anyway <laughs> so a while back there was there was a man uh, a uk guy i actually think he was scottish who um he made a youtube video of his pug <laughs> doing a nazi salute and like doing various Hitler Nazi related things. Okay. The point of the whole thing was that his wife, wife, his girlfriend 
adores this dog and she always talks about how this dog can do no wrong. This dog is perfect, perfect, perfect. It's that, you know, so he was trying to think of the worst possible thing that he could train this dog to do that would just piss her off to no end. And it was just a joke. It was a mean spirited joke. Yes, but it was a joke. And the, the thing that he did that was kind of dumb was that he posted it on YouTube where the world can see it. Yes, that was a mistake. But the problem I have, and while I don't agree with, I look, I, I don't like Nazis. You know, I, this isn't <laughs> about supporting Nazis. This isn't about supporting people who support Hitler. It has nothing to do with that because I don't. With the point that, that that I got angry was because he was subsequently arrested and tried, and now he's facing prison time because it was found quote unquote offensive and this is where my anger comes from we cannot allow something like this to happen well i mean this isn't us this is the uk but this shit spreads okay and if it starts happening somewhere it's going to start happening somewhere else we cannot get to a point where we're okay with people going to prison over saying something we don't like because he didn't hurt anyone he didn't infringe on anyone's rights. He didn't do anything to any person. What he did was considered offensive by some people. Well, so the fuck what? <laughs> Last time I checked, being offended did not kill you. And it did not hurt you. Now, do I try to go through my life without offending people? Of course I do, because I'm not an asshole. Or I try not to be an asshole. But if we're going to live in a world where we expect to have freedom of speech, one, I do understand that comes with consequences. Two, those consequences should not involve prison because never will it ever be okay for someone to go to jail because they said something you don't like because where then do we draw the line? And I'm angry about it because it never should have happened. Jamie, yeah. I bet you, I, I'm putting my finger, you and Himmler were like this back in the day, weren't she, just making these movies and stuff? <laughs> Dogs raising their paws and stuff, you know. No, stop it. <laughs> it's like, who, want, who wants a sausage? Me, please. You know. you know, I don't like, you know, I don't like it either. And that's the thing is the thing about the beauty of free speech is I don't have to fucking like it. You know, you can say anything you want. I don't have to like it. But you have the right to say it. And I will defend your right to say it to my fucking deathbed, whether I like it or not, because that is not the issue. You can stand up in front of my face and call me, I don't know, whatever you want to call me. Like, I don't know. I, call me anything. I don't give a shit. Call me, you know, a fucking <laughs> call, useless I, cracker bitch. I don't can I, care. Can I stand call you maybe? two inches from my face and call me anything you want. I may not like it, but I don't have the right to send you to prison for it. It's ridiculous, and it's only going to lead to bad things. And it only gets worse. And who are these people who think it's okay? Who's, who looks at this and says, yeah, that's about right. Fuck you. <laughs> Jamie's going to make a video tomorrow. If you look real close, Pugley, Pugsley is, is goose-stepping. <laughs> like, oh, that's adorable, you know. And you know what? It, if I did, it, so what? You know, I'm not gonna. But if I did, so the fuck what? Because, yeah, it could be. It's tasteless. That doesn't mean it should be illegal. By the way, keyboard cat, R.I.P. You know. I know that go. killed me, Bento. Bye bye, keyboard cat. You were in our hearts and in our memes forever and ever. You know. But Wait, uh, do you think I'm wrong? 
No, I'm just making jokes because I'm an asshole. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm asking, I'm asking the, <laughs> the panel. Where well, does everyone else land on this? Okay, just, when I was growing up, and I was growing up in a much happier time, and my grandmother was like, if they're saying something you don't like, to turn around and walk away. Yes. What, what happened to the good old days where yeah. someone was talking, you didn't care for what they had to say, you didn't agree with it, so you just walked away. But no, no, everybody has a fucking butthurt opinion about the fucking wind blowing the wrong way. And they will stand up on their little soapbox and scream until they're blue in the face because they're entitled to. And that's fine, but I just... I, I don't get involved in politics. I stay the, as far the fuck away from it because I have my own opinions. Maybe they're not popular. Maybe in some settings they are popular. But I'm just not getting involved because some dickhead's going to say something and I'm going to walk away and then I'm going to get prodded for not saying anything. And then you're going to say something and you're going to go to prison. Yes, I'm going to go to prison. <laughs> and believe me, I have lots and lots of angry thoughts going through my head most of the time where most of these people are concerned, but it's, is it really worth it? I don't think so. I can scroll past. I've been lucky enough that I haven't had to get, you know, unfriend anybody because it's someone's gone off the deep end, but you know, it's the same thing. I, I, my freedom of speech is a one most important. Unfortunately, journalism is dead now. So there somebody is sponsoring everything. So you're not getting any exact version of the truth. NPR is pretty good at uh keeping it level. <laughs> but well, I haven't listened to NPR they, in a long time. They they uh they've been redubbed liberal propaganda for the last two years, but generally they they're the straight straight to the facts. Try not to use, you know, accusing words and that's what I stuff found like that. too. I have found that to be true as well of NPR. I've always I heart NPR. Well, I also BBC News is pretty good too. So I, I can't just, say there's no news, but it's very, very, very limited. I just listened to the Prairie Home Companion on there, so I keep out of trouble, people. Okay, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's just you know I just. It's okay to not like what somebody else says. It's okay to be offended by it. You know, it's 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 part of being human. I get it. If somebody says something and you know it you think it's hurtful or mean, that's fine. You know, but it won't kill you. It really won't, I promise. And I don't know whatever happened to sticks and stones. That's very simple, but honestly, I thought that was some pretty damn good advice when I was a kid. Yeah, it still holds true, true today. It should. Because but honestly, it, w- w- words only, and I've said this numerous times, but words only have the power that we allow them to have. And if you're not wielding a weapon at me or your, or your fists or anything else that can hurt me physically, your words can only do the damage I allow them to do. <sighs> Soft-ass kids, man. Don't make your kids soft, Aaron, by the way, you know. You gotta teach your son that if you kick the guy in the balls, he's bigger than you. You live to fight another day. Okay, it's, it's okay. <laughs> you know, I let him fall a whole lot today riding in a scooter. Don't worry. Oh, that's good. <laughs> oh, that's good. 
made him, and then uh, you make him get back up and get back on that scooter. That's I, what I hope. I'll tell you, that, that is anything, important. Yeah. <clears throat> I fell off of my bike one time, scrape, and well, I didn't fall off my bike. I slid down a hill on my bike and just, I mean, it was bad. I had asphalt embedded in my skin, and it was it was rough. I still got scars. Did, did you? It was a David, long time. Did you Davis I did not... yell at you? No, no. Life is pain. (laughs) No, I didn't get back on my bike that day, and it was a good ten years before I did again. So that whole get back up, get back on your bike, and and that shit's true. Like you have to do it, and otherwise you'll you'll be afraid of it. Because I was afraid of it for a long time. It was painful. I didn't want to be. I didn't want to be hurt again. So I refused to get back on my bike. I wish I had done it or someone had been standing there to make me do it right then because I missed out on a lot of bike riding because of that until I was a grown up and decided, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to ride a bike again. And if someone had been there like standing next to me and said, get your ass back up on that bike, I would have been a very different person for that. You know, so I don't know. Sounds rough, I guess. But sometimes sometimes that's life. You know, we got to you got to face that shit. You got to take your lumps. <laughs> It's a very important skill in case, you know, Brian goes blind one day from looking into the deadlight so you can take him on a nice bike ride. <laughs> there you go. Bike, you know. <laughs> that will heal him. <laughs> and I was watching an episode of the Hogan family this morning. Don't nice. ask. And, uh, um, this is cool. This <laughs> is cool. Where did you find that? It's on, uh, shit. It's either on Antenna TV or MeTV. There are like three different old TV channels that I found. One's called MeTV. One's called Antenna TV. And I can't remember what the third one's called. But it's on either Antenna or Me. Oh, they have things so like, sad. and I DVR that shit, like oh. Alice and Give Me a Break. And, <laughs> oh, God, I love those shows. And the Hogan family. And I was watching an episode of the Hogan family where Mark was, get, was getting bullied at school. And his dad took him into the garage to teach him how to, like, box, to teach him to defend himself. And then at the end of the episode, he had run into the bully again. And he just, he basically, he stood up to him. And because the bully said something like, I'm going to punch your spleen out. And then he said something like, if you hit me, I'm going to hit you back. And, you know, kid language. I don't know what he said, but it was something like, don't fuck with me. You know, (laughs) And (laughs) the bully responded with, well, I don't want to get spleen juice on my new shirt. So like, (laughs) so I'll leave you alone. And he walked away. You know, that is something you never see anymore. Like there, there was always that, that episode. There was an Andy Griffith episode where Opie got his first black eye. There uh, there was always oh, that one on the Cosby show, too. Yeah, there was Andy always Houser. that defend yourself from the bullies episode. Always. And they don't have those anymore. You can't forget Arnold versus the Gooch on, on different strokes, you know. That's right. <laughs> Who has one of the greatest. They didn't give a fuck in the 80s. The Gooch, uh, Boner, Cockroach. OK, it's a... <laughs> you know what I'll never forget is on Growing Pains. Somebody said one time that Boner smelled like fish sticks. <laughs> I have never forgotten that. And now whenever I see him, I just picture fish sticks smell and it makes me gag. I, I... <laughs> And that Isn't was he like the one who years... committed that suicide? Was like... <laughs> yeah, on a much lighter note, yeah, when he did commit suicide, his father is, is Walter Koning, who's uh, Chekhov from Star Trek. What? I, really? I'm not, I'm not a fan of, of the original series all that much. I like the movies, but I made a point to go up to him and tell him sorry about his son. You know, because that, that's that's a that's a rough time. You know. That's nice of you. That was nice. 
Did you ask him if he really smelled like fish sticks? No, I, I did not <laughs> at the time, no. <laughs> See? I don't know, zing, that shit zing, has stuck zing. with me for 30 years. <laughs> it smells like fish sticks. Oh, Suzanne, what's, uh, what's, what's getting your goat this week, girl? Oh, God, where do you want me to start? Well, the medication that I had for insomnia quit working. And the other medications that I can take for insomnia turned me into a wide awake. I guess I'm just going to have to work on my insomnia on my own. So I'm really furious about that. Uh, Car problems and fucking Illinois. I hate Illinois with the fucking emissions. They don't even test emissions. My light came on. My check engine light came out of my car. I got the code red. It was a, it's a it's a cooling fan or a cooling fan sensor. It has something to do with a fucking fan. So my car won't pass emissions until I get it fixed. And because I have a VW, you know you can tack on at least two hundred dollars to the bill because it's a German fucking car. If it has nothing to do with emissions, that I can't get passed. So yay, car in the shop this week. Not yet, but it will be. And I am so fucking angry. I look outside at my car and I just want to jump up and down and start fucking screaming. And I'm sure the insomnia is not really helping anything either. Those are my bitches for the week. They're pretty simple. Oh, yeah, mine is, are pretty politically motivated too. Uh, I'm a, if you guys haven't seen on social media, I'm officially a Indiana resident now. But uh, as of last week, I was an Illinois resident and we had our, our primary elections for, for some, some offices. Oh, and some I, shit happened. This is this is when you don't pay attention to the ballots, people. When you let somebody run unopposed and you don't read up on somebody, and then you complain when they get elected. I forget the guy's oh. name, and I don't want to say his name here. But this is a guy who was a, a, a Holocaust denier, and he easily basically, you know, a Nazi in every sense of the word. Is it like people like to throw around? But this guy is actually somebody who denies the Holocaust and is real pompous about it, and. He was running on a post for, for Illinois Congress, and you know what? He got elected for that shit because people don't read up on these unopposed people, and Illinois Democrats are up in arms about this guy, and these are some of the laziest Democrats you're ever going to come across who went to the polls super fast when Obama was, was going to be gonna be a, a president, and they, they went over all over that shit, and that's fine. You should go, you should go out and go vote. I mean, it's, it's your right, that's your right as an American to go out and go vote. But to to be uninformed about your candidates, especially when one's running unopposed, I'm not saying it's inexcusable because I don't I don't read up on these people either. But I'm not going to sit there and jump up and down when you know this guy gets elected because nobody read into this guy's you know background at all. I mean, Mickey Mouse could have ran for this fucking seat and said, "Oh, you know what? This guy denied the Holocaust. Guess what? He's not getting elected." Mickey Mouse, welcome to the Illinois Congress. You you were elected, sir, and uh, but no, these these fucking Illinois people did not read up on this guy, and now he's going to be in office probably because there you go. And well, man, I've got an addendum to add at the end of that. Go for it, sir. He was he won the Republican nomination in the GOP primary. He still has to run against a Democrat. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, he was running unopposed for the Republican nomination for his seat, and twenty thousand people voted for him. Because that, that was one of those things where they just clicked on the, the one person that was there. Yeah, I'm, sure, I'm, I, sure I'm not sure. Like, at least half the people, I'm sure, did that because you have to vote for somebody, obviously. And 
well, in some states, you can only vote in the primary of the uh, political party that you voted for in the last election. It's Illinois, for sure. They ask is that way. Is that how Illinois goes? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Some states, you can vote in all the primaries, and some it's... So this was just Republicans voting. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I don't know when the election... Act, I mean, there's almost everything's up uh, in the November election. It's just Most really, of the House of Representatives just, and half a Senate. This is really strange that, you know, people are just jumping up and down when nobody read that this guy, well, you know what? He, he's a he's a Holocaust denier. And, uh, I don't understand those people either. How the fuck do you deny the Holocaust? Uh, I don't, I don't understand big, the mentality. You're a big dumbass. That's how. And there are <laughs> a lot of big dumbasses around here. Well, it's just like the flat earthers. I don't get that. <laughs> I don't I'm understand. Sorry. If the earth was flat, the cats would have knocked everything off by now. Yes, I love that meme, too. Oh, I do, too. It's... That guy got up in the sky yesterday. What's that? Oh, the... oh yeah, that dude. There, there's a guy that's been working on launching himself. He said he needs to get at least 52 miles up to prove that the earth is flat. And he's been trying and failing until yesterday he successfully launched himself into the sky but he he didn't get high enough to prove that the earth is flat did he prove that, <laughs> did he prove that the ozone layer prepared itself like in highlander 2 you know oh, God. <laughs> oh i have one more thing to bitch about oh, God. no one will play friends with or play words with friends with me anymore you know why because i'm terrible at it. that's why i don't play that game so you're you're welcome it's just, I don't play that game. No, but I, at one point I had like five or six people that I played with for fucking years. All of a sudden, nobody wants to play with me anymore. Mm. And that's making me very mad and sad. Are you one of those pretentious words of friends players? Like, oh, gotcha there. Oh, no, I take screenshots of any word that I score over 150 points on. I'll play with you. <laughs> okay. It's a real Connect Four situation with Suzanne there. <laughs> Pretty sneaky, sis. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! I had another thing that I forgot what it was. Though it's too much connect for a talk, I guess. And, uh, <laughs> Illinois Nazis, El- like the El- Blues Brothers. El- yeah. They are terrible people. Illinois Nazis. People who and- deny the Holocaust. I don't. I just don't get. It. I don't get it. I don't get that guy. I don't get anybody who agrees with him. I don't. I don't. What the fuck? I mean, I don't understand. You've seen the photos. Do you think every one of those old-ass pictures were photoshopped? Yes, or do you think that this was just like some giant weight loss camp? This oh. shit was real. I mean, these people went through torture, and you're just going to say, that eh, didn't happen. Eh. Uh, do you remember there's uh, that guy, he used to build electric chairs, and he got a, a brilliant idea to d- go over and test ground samples around it so i kind of blame this fucking guy for it but he didn't know enough about it but he was taking samples from the ground and said that there was no way that that any of those things could have happened because of the readings from the soil oh god i'll have to look it up and post it because this is uh, yes i'm very vague on this one i can't remember the name of this the documentary and i cannot remember this guy's name who built the electric chairs and then went over to germany to prove the it either happened or didn't happen with science and he was too stupid to know how to use science so <laughs> a bunch of stupid people started believing him He's well i'm sure yes, the people who don't believe him are the people like my friend whose grandfather you know got out of there 
and you know, the people who lost family members, the people who never saw their family again, the ones who managed to escape versus the ones who didn't and they never saw their family again. I'm sure those people did, don't agree. Yeah, and it's just that's so rude. I mean, it's beyond that. That's that's a very no, it's simplistic ignorance. word to use, but it's just cruel. It's ignorance, straight up ignorance. I mean, people go to the to the the concentration camps and say that they were built, you know, 20 years ago to fool everybody and uh, well, I heard there's this place in Poland where they have crosses in the ground, not for families, but for entire villages that were destroyed. Everyone was killed by the Nazis. I don't think I could ever handle seeing something like that. I, I think part of my brain would snap. Those guys. I remember when. No, sorry. Go ahead. Those guys out there building concentration camp uh, theme parks. Come on down to Germany. Auschwitz, you would. You know. Oh, God, that's terrible. That's terrible, but I, I, did, I, did, I don't mean anything, you know, crazy about it. I was trying to make light of, a, of an idiotic situation, but there you go. Continue. Aren't they, isn't that a thing, though? I mean, yeah. didn't somebody? Okay. Um, when I remember oh, when Schindler's List came out, the high school that I went to was 80% Jewish. Um. So, like, all of my friends were Jews. And I was staying at my best friend's house overnight. And we decided to go see the movie. And her, she and I were going to go. But then her parents found out that's what we were going doing. So they decided to go. And then her grandparents decided to go. Oh, my God. That was a horrible experience uh, on an emotional level. For one, I have never cried more in my life. And I'm the person who cried through the entire three-hour running time of the Green Mile. <laughs> I, by, by the time I left the Schindler's List, there was just st- stuff was pooling, like, in my, in my neck and my clothes. I was just, it was, I was wet from head to toe. I was crying so much. But watching her grandfather, who, um, he got out. They went, they fled to Brazil and her mother was born in Brazil and then they all moved to, to the United States later. Um, but he and his wife got out and they were some of the last ones to get out. Their next door neighbors did not make it. Oh, and watching him watch this film was horrifying on one hand, but it was also an incredible experience at the same time to be in the presence of someone who actually got it. I mean, who, you know, for very real reasons. So I'm glad that I had that experience, but it wrecked me. And I have not seen the film since because I don't think I could handle it. I don't, I don't think I could do it again because it would just, I would just go through with that whole thing all over again. But one of the reasons why App Pupil is one of my favorite Stephen King adaptations is is that that part at, towards the end, towards the back end, where uh, Ian McKellen's in the hospital and the yes. guy next to him realizes who he is, and that that emotion that that, that actor showed is just pure it's, terror, man. It's, it's and let me tell you that we watched it again, um, maybe about a year ago. I'm not sure, but it wasn't all that long ago. I had forgotten exactly how power, excuse me, how powerful. That moment was, 
watching that film again, I was just like, oh, I felt it. I felt the fear. There's the pure terror that he was feeling laying in that bed, knowing the monster that was next to him. You know, when he really, the moment you saw his face, when he realized who that was, holy shit. I mean, it just, it, wow. I mean, and these are, I mean, these, oh my God. Like we think of serial killers and things like that. People who act on their own and do like all these atrocious things to other human beings, but of their own volition. Imagine being surrounded (laughs) by just completely surrounded by these people and other victims as well and going through the things that they went through and just the fear. What is it? Was it, um, there was a movie, was it one of the movies we covered where they like, there was an old Jew who saw an old Nazi in the street and peed his pants. He was so scared. That's probably marathon man. That's what I was thinking, but I, I'm not a hundred percent positive if I'm confusing it with something it else. The, the vice angel. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but scared him so bad. I mean, and we're talking, this is years later. You know, it's not even like it was the next week or something. This is decades later and still has that same effect. That is some, I mean, that's rough. I can't even imagine remotely what something like that could possibly be like. I mean, the thought alone just makes me ill. I mean... No, I mean, oh, God. We just watched Shutter Island again. And um, those scenes there where he goes to Dachau and he's, like, in the flashback scenes. And you don't ne- you don't yet know his whole story. Like, you don't yet know wh- wh- who he actually is and who these people represent. But they actually they show scenes of, of them coming into the concentration camp and you just see the bodies piled up and the people frozen and dead. I mean... I don't know. To me, that is the that is just one of the most horrifying, horrible, unbelievably terrifying. I, any just think of bad bad adjectives events to ever take place in human history, and we've had a lot. I mean, we as human beings have visited some horrendous atrocities on each other. Yep. To me, that is one of the worst ones, and for someone to just to look these people in the eye and say, yeah, that didn't happen. I don't get it. But I'm sorry, I didn't mean to oh. bring shit down. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like the, 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 the kid that shit his, bu- shit his pants on the bus in the second grade. People don't forget, okay? People don't forget. Yeah. Oh, man. I peed my pants in the third grade. <laughs> so were you that girl? <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I uh, borrowed my friend's jacket and wrapped it around my waist. It was at recess, and I, they wouldn't let me go in to go to the bathroom and um they're like they kept telling me just wait till we go inside wait till we go inside well didn't happen so i borrowed my best friend's jacket and tied it around my waist and no one ever knew about it and well until now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and next up on finish talk with jb sevens golden showers oh my gosh oh i, I, had I had one. thought he was gonna find out you know like it was that was that was scary <laughs> I got one more. It's a real brief one. Uh, yeah, Stormy Daniels interview on 60 Minutes. Um, she wanted Anderson Cooper because somebody they would look her in the eyes and imagine because she because Anderson Cooper's yeah. gay and you know whatever. Um, if anybody's surprised that Donald Trump laid a bunch of pipe back in the day, including porn stars and strippers and whatever, 
Uh, I wasn't. So I'm just gonna leave it at that. He said some really disgusting things too. But you know what? He's a real he's a real disgusting human being, and I wasn't surprised by that either. So people just uh, calm down, and realize that you're, he's a real disgusting person, and uh, you shouldn't maybe take what he says all all that much truth to it. You know, but I'm an Indiana resident, and uh, these tariffs are gonna open up some some U.S. steel factories that weren't open before, and I, I I'm grateful for that, I guess. And there there's jobs and whatever that is, but call, call me crazy, economy, yay, but you know, he's doing a lot of other bad stuff too, but um, yeah, he's a man whore, he fucks some whores, not whores, but women, you know, but um, <laughs> I, I respect you, Stormy Daniels, over the, like, the same way I respect uh, Sasha Gray, you know, serious actress now, but you took a lot of loads in your face, honey, and just, that, 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 <laughs> that that's, that's the thing. <laughs> Remember the days when, like, a tiny little scandal wouldn't allow someone into the White House? Like, if someone had, like, a divorce in their family, they were mm-hmm. freaked out about it? Uh, they were religiously had, affiliated. He was Catholic. <laughs> right. Right. This guy's had three wives that I know of. At least three. I know. Ivana, Marla, and now... Melanoma. Is that it? He said Melanoma. Melanoma. <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, the first time I saw her name, I, you know, just quick glance, I'm like, melanoma trump what <laughs> you thought it was a diagnosis and you were like yay <laughs> i i don't yeah so from that uh, day but yeah forward, his wife has posed nude i mean oh, she did some soft core french he, he he but i'm just saying there was a time when like i said the, a tiny little scandal somewhere in a branch of your family freaked you out about not being able to get into the white house <laughs> Billy Carter. And now look where we are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Billy, yeah. Billy Carter, uh, proprietor of the Billy Beer, uh, of course, as you guys know. And uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. The, the the Kennedy family. Enough said. Okay. Yeah, it's just insane. Ted just killing hookers and just covering it up. You know. Yeah, I you forget who have said a giant it, but peanut in Georgia with <laughs> Jimmy Carter teeth. It's like oh, we got a <laughs> we got a cold thirteen. God damn it, Ted. <laughs> <laughs> again, Ted, again? You know? <laughs> oh, my God. Gotta, gotta, gotta drag that swamp for all them, them cars with the hookers in them, you know? <laughs> I'm gonna leave that one alone. <laughs> but tonight, uh, Suzanne programmed the show. Suzanne, tell us all about what you program, girl. Well, I've been kind of, kind of going through yet another punk phase. And I watched this interview with John Doe on Axis TV and so I started kind of filtering through and finding some movies that have kind of a a punk theme and these two popped up and John Doe is actually in both movies he is a doorman in Smithereens so this is my east coast and west coast punk scene gotcha and, uh, yeah, we're doing Smithereens and Border Radio on this show. Uh, one of these films I've seen before, in, in passing, I think my cousin Joey used to watch it a lot, being Smithereens, and the other one, not so much. But, uh, we're gonna get into that. Uh, we'll do Border Radio first, uh, right after this break. Hey, did you guys ever notice that podcasts talk about the same movies over and over again? Yeah, as much as I love Friday 13th. I don't need another show telling me how good it is. Exactly. Same thing goes for Halloween. 
It's a great movie, but come on, there's other stuff out there. There should be a show that highlights movies that everyone else seems to skip over, like... Oh, I always wanted to talk about Absentia. And I want someone to cover the room. The Skeleton Key's a good one. Then let's just do one. We can call it The ABCs of Hidden Horror, and we'll go through the alphabet talking about our favorite horror flicks that get ignored. Great idea! I know what my first one's gonna be. Join Brian, Dave, and me, Jamie, for the ABCs of Hidden Horror on the Horrorphilia Network, where we might discuss some of your neglected favorites or introduce you to something new. Border Radio from 1987 <laughs> is rated R. It gets a 5.4 in your IMDb's, and the plot synopsis is as such. Three musicians take money that is owed to them from, from a job and flee to Mexico. It's kind of cheapo, but whatever. It stars a bunch of people that I don't know who they are, but I'm sure Suzanne may, may enlighten us more on this. But I'm going to get right into this. I'm going to dive right into this, and I'm going to ask our guest, Darren, what he thought of Border Radio. Um, it was, <laughs> it was all right. Um, in, uh, between the two, I liked the other one a bit more. Um, I, I kind of liked the, um, sorry, my, my notes weren't loading. <laughs> sorry. That's okay. Uh, um, yeah, I, I liked that it, um, the, the documentarial style that was interspersed throughout it. And it sort of, uh, touched on a couple of the, one of the things that really stood out to me was the, you know, people arguing about what punk rock is supposed to be about the whole, you know, oh, it's political, you gotta be saying something, or it's just fucking destroy. Um, sometimes the story was a little hard for me to follow. Um, but, yeah, I like, I'll watch anything with John Doe in it. Uh, like, like Suzanne was saying, um, yeah, I think my, my favorite thing of his is probably the, the last time I committed suicide, that movie. But, uh, yeah. Uh, Ramble, ramble. Ramble, ramble. Uh, Suzanne, you chose us to do this movie. Uh, tell us what you like about it. Okay, I think the the description is a little ambiguous. I'm not sure if that's the correct word, because I thought, uh, watching it, this is probably the third time I've watched it, and little things always stand out differently. That it was more about Luan, Luana trying to get her husband back so they could be a family as opposed to them running to Mexico which I was very poorly played out there was more talk of them being in Mexico than there was about them being in Mexico and I just I kind of watching it with that more in mind this time I kind of it was a completely different story and I do I love John Doe and especially after that interview with him I loved him more if it was possible and he was talking about a scene there was like a one year break in between filming and the director told us like well wear that that plaid flannel shirt and he's like which plaid flannel shirt <laughs> so he grabbed the one that he thought it was so he was like watching the two different flannel shirts in the movie <laughs> so yeah so I know completely goofy I know but I just I don't know it's it's, I've seen much better movies, but this one has always been kind of intriguing to me because there's just a lot. It, it just seems like a bunch of different plot lines that kind of got lost in translation. But they are, that's I'm just keeping my thoughts quick and to the point, and those are my thoughts. That's cool. Jamie? I, I'm sorry, Dick O'Hearn. 
Well, I was just going to say, the one th- another thing I did like was at the end when I saw additional dialogue and scenario by the cast. It, it cemented a little bit more that it's, you know, it was just a bunch of people in bands that knew each other that got a camera and was just like, fuck it, we're going to make a movie. And uh, that's, that's kind of cool. Cool. Jamie? Yeah. Well... <laughs> I'll agree with Suzanne in that I think that the description, at least for me, I think it seemed to be more about her trying to get her family back together than, or trying to have a family than about them fleeing part, or at least that's the way I saw it. I did like the documentary style parts. I thought those were interesting, particularly when they were talking to the little girl Um, who, which, what do I know her from? I feel like I know her from something. She's never been in anything. She, her name is really similar to an actress that was in, I do believe, I want to say Dementia 13. Mm-hmm. Her face looked so familiar to me and I couldn't figure out why, but I guess it doesn't. Maybe it just, <laughs> maybe no, she I, just I has that one too. of those faces. Yeah, she, she uh, does. Okay. Maybe she just does. Um, the, the, <laughs> the scene where he comes back and the babysitter is like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where she was making mud pies. And he's like, kids don't even do that anymore. Yes, we did. <laughs> I mean, I know this was like, what, 88? So, uh, it, you know, it was a little past me being a kid, but kids still did. I think they still do. If they don't, they need to. But uh, I wasn't really that into it, to be perfectly honest. I tried but it's i just found myself getting distracted a lot and i don't know it was like i'm trying to watch the movie and i go something shiny and i, I, just, and I just go wandering off um yeah i appreciate what they were trying to do it just didn't really work for me fair enough uh, me myself um Again, with James, I like what they were going for because there were some great-looking locations in this movie. But much like in the next movie we're talking about, it has that dialogue for for some of these people that they think, okay, they just don't give a fuck. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I run the IMDb that I had no idea this was true. But uh, one, one of the guys in the Blasters is a star of this movie, and I'm a big fan of the Blasters. Uh, he's a guitarist in the Blasters. is is a lead in the movie. Dave Alvin. So it gets points for that, because I'm a big fan of the Blasters. <laughs> um, I, I, I hate the fact that this girl's all surprised that, that her baby daddy ran off to Mexico because he's just one of those one of those guys who's, who doesn't care, you know? Uh, he's a nihilist. He cares about nothing. about nothing, Lebowski. You care about nothing, Lebowski. That's good stuff, man. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, that whole deal, I feel bad for everything, but at the same time, you know, laying pipe, you know, that kind of deal. Uh, <laughs> again, back to Trump. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the, the doc recently... The doc, doc, Whenever I think of laying pipe, I think of Trump. Exactly. <laughs> I dedicated this to Donald Trump. This, this, uh, yeah, never mind. But, um... It's, it's good enough for, for the film it's trying to be. I, I, I don't think it's all, all that great of a film, though. It's it, I, I like the documentary, the documentary uh, style of, of film, filmmaking in this thing, where they get the real locations, and these guys just... Like a lot, a lot of both these films, a lot of folks just hanging out. 
and I'm not quite sure what they stole, but there's a whole talk of this thing that they made a record for somebody, and somebody, of course, did what studios do. They go in and change, you know, the arrangements and whatnot to, to suit their commercial needs, and they weren't a fan of that, so I'd imagine, because I wasn't following this too well, that they stole money from the record company? Is that what's going on in this movie? A today? club owner. A club owner? They stole from the club owner, and, of course, they, they send their goons after them, and, uh... And it took them a long time to, to find them in Mexico because these don't seem like the two brightest bulbs in the drawer to me. But um, I got a lot more to say about the next movie. Border Radio, it's, it's okay. I think we had a nice print to watch because TCM Underground has a habit of giving you sweet HD transfers of some films when they play them like after midnight. And some some nice bastard uh, ripped it on the internet for us to watch, so... Thanks, it also bit. has a yeah, it has a Criterion release. Oh yeah, yeah. Either yeah, way, well, yeah. Thanks, 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 nice person. Uh, good, go, yeah, go, thank go, you. Go, go for gold, there, buddy. Uh, yeah, I was watching my copy that I DVR'd off TCM Underground. Okay, <laughs> I still have my my three the hard way in the Mac in HD that I did. I <laughs> keep telling folks, don't delete that. Don't ever delete those. You know because. <laughs> Whenever anybody says go for gold, it makes me think of the ringer. <laughs> I'm glad go for gold! I'm glad I'm not the one who likes that movie, let me tell you. It's I a... love that movie. <laughs> Brian Cox. <laughs> Take my hand, boss. Take my hand. You know, it's so bad, man. He's so, re- he's so insensitive with that movie, but it's kind of hilarious, you know. Because as uh, Robert Downey Jr. told us, he'd never go full retard in the movie. And uh, oh. he, he did that in that movie. But bless you, Johnny Knoxville. But uh, this is Border <laughs> Radio. Well, um, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be done with my discussion right now. And I'm going to kick it back to you, Darren, and ask him if there's anything else you'd like to say about Border Radio. Um, no. Uh, I, I'm happy that I've seen it, but I don't know if I would watch it again. Fair enough. Uh, Suzanne. It's got issues, but I'll still end up dropping the money on the Criterion copy just to say I have a copy. <laughs> to, to, to each to each their own. I'm sure there's other folks that have bought it as well. <laughs> to each their own. <laughs> Jamie. I do love my Criterion copy. I mean, whenever Criterion puts out a release, I'm probably going to be double, triple dipping on that. But I love the Repo Man Criterion. That is next on my list to buy. I've got to get that. What's What's more fun to me is where they make the fake covers for Criterion. Like, yeah, Criterion releases three ninjas or something like that. And <laughs> <laughs> a dream of dreams. Yeah, come on, guys. You know. Oh yeah. Well, that's that's possible. I swear, one day that that'll happen. <laughs> Criterion, a gnome named Norm. Oh yes. <laughs> Uh, let's see, me. I um, you know, I, I want to say, I watched this second, and there could just have been some residual pissiness left over from the previous film, which I will, <laughs> I will divulge as to what that is later on. But I could have just been in a, in a crappy mood, so maybe it's better than I am, am trying to give it credit for. <laughs> I may eventually watch it again down the road just to give it a, more of a chance, but I was mostly bored, just to be flat out honest. But um, 
Yeah, are we rating or are we just talking? No, we're gonna wait. Yeah, I forgot about that. What's? I'll go back to Darren. What's what's your rating, Jamie? Um, I thought something was missing. I thought it was missing too. I was a little lost, and then a little lost. Like, the punk this rock. Point where usually right. I'm a little lost. The punk rock translation there, you know. Uh, there you go. Well, you know, it's it, this show is anarchy. You do whatever you want. There you go. <laughs> so I'm gonna rate it a square. A square. <laughs> because baby you don't care <laughs> yeah, um, mm, I'm going to say a 6 fair enough uh, we'll go back to Darren Darren what's your rating 1 to 10 sir um, out of 10 I would probably give it like a can we do halves fair enough 5 and a half roadies wearing Canadian tuxedos there you go. It's very <laughs> unique. Yes. Oh my gosh, Shazam! What do you give it one to ten, girl? I, I I'm at a solid six and a half. I love John Doe. It's like I said. I just think that a lot of things got completely lost in translation. But I think the characters are incredibly intriguing. I mean, I think the characters are more interesting than the actual movie. Pretty much. So, um, it is six and a half. Um, me, myself, it was okay. You know, I had a good enough time with it. Um, that's something, like Darren said, that's, that's something I go back to. It's just, uh, I'm gonna give it five deadbeat dads out of ten, though, because... <laughs> that's, that's what I'm gonna give it. It's, it's, it's there. And, uh... <laughs> You can watch it. Uh, our next movie's on YouTube. This one is not, but I'm sure it's easy enough to find since uh, they made a nice release of it or whatnot. But right after this, we're going to talk about some transient girls going to some punk shows and shit. With Smithereens, right after this. Broadcasting from the Cursed Earth, the Psycho-Semantic Cast. Let us face, without panic, the reality of our time. The fact that atom bombs may someday be dropped on our cities. And let us prepare for survival by understanding the weapon that threatens us. To have a, uh, an ignorant, uh, thin-skinned megalomaniac uh, who sends off uh, you know, Twitters at 3 a.m. if somebody angered him. The neo-Nazis turning up in Washington, D.C. to have a rally saying, Heil Trump. We talk about politics. I knew I couldn't trust you corporate greaseballs. We talk about movies. You can't come down here and arrest people just because of what they look like. Are you crazy? But that's police harassment. We talk about political movies. We're in trouble. The whole world's in trouble. They're all around us and we never knew them. You can only see them with these special glasses. The Psycho Semanticast. Smithereens from 1982 is also rated R. Uh, this one is a little more deserving of the R rating, I think, because of all the sexual stuff, whatever you want to call it. Uh, plot synopsis is this. A narcissistic runaway engages in a number of parasitic relationships amongst members of the New York's waning punk scene. Again, starts a bunch of people I don't know about, but uh, apparently <laughs> some girl, the girl, the main girl, Ren, played by Susan Berman, had a had an accident, a fire escape. They halted production for six months. They waited six months for this actress to come back, people. So, but I'm, I'm not going to get mad <laughs> right now. I'm going to ask Jamie what she thought of Smithereens. Oh, I had a feeling you'd do that. Um, <laughs> well, here's the thing. And, and oh, it's this chick <laughs> and chicks like this chick 
I can't stand. And it's because this was my best friend, basically, for like 20 years. I carried her ass because she was a free spirit who felt like doing whatever she wanted to do. She expected that if she needed help, she could go to her family. She could go to her friends. She could go to whatever. And she just expected them to do it. And if they didn't do it, then she'd get mad at them because she was, for some reason, entitled to people helping her out when she needed help when she did not even once consider helping herself. And for some reason, for 20 years of my life, I supported this person. And she did get jobs here and there, but it was never, it, it, it was never long. I mean, it just, it would just be kind of fleeting. For the most part, she was artistic and she wanted to focus on that. And she wanted to do whatever she wanted to do, but she didn't feel like she, I guess, had the need to do anything. I don't know. Uh, when, at one point we didn't live together, this girl did not have electricity for a year. And it was just because she couldn't get her shit together enough to pay for her electricity to be turned on. And we're talking Georgia. That's bad news. That is really bad news. You could die. <laughs> so, um, anyway, it's this. I'm watching this, and the whole time, this is what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about her and all the other people that I knew growing aren't growing up living my adult life in a college town I was surrounded by these people and I'm like god damn it you know it just that mentality I don't understand I don't get it and it pisses me off and what pissed me off about this movie is there was no arc nothing fucking changed from the beginning of the film to the end of the film, she was the same damn person. She didn't seem to learn anything. I mean, at one point she's at this guy's house. She meets his roommate. She's already using a toothbrush and then says, whose is this? And he's like, it's mine, but you can use it if you want to. And I'm just like, fuck you. I know these people. And I'm like, <laughs> it just too many, too many times was I the one that's been working since I was 16? I was the one that that was constantly responsible for paying the bills and bringing in the groceries. And yes, I let it happen. Like I let her stay with me because it's, but we grew up together. We were like sisters. So I, I felt a, a, a little bit of responsibility there, you know, kind of like a sister would until finally it hit me, you know, so many years later, what are you doing? <laughs> this is a grown person. You don't have to do this. And, but for all those years, this hit way too close to, to way too close to home for me. You know, I mean, are we? I, and what I was trying to figure out while I was watching this film is, am I supposed to feel sorry for her? Am I supposed to have some kind of sympathy for her being in this situation that she put herself into? Am I supposed to care? Because I don't. You know, and when she gets locked out of her apartment, am I supposed to be angry about that? Even though what the woman did actually is very illegal. You can't do that. But am I supposed to feel bad for her when she's four months behind on her rent? And the, the only thing that, that comes out of her mouth is lies. You know, like, oh, I was going to get paid tomorrow. And I, you know, I was going to pay you. And then she goes to try to borrow money from her sister and her brother-in-law doesn't like it. But he's the asshole. Because he knows that she's just going to use her sister and he doesn't want to allow it. So that makes him the asshole. Fuck you. I just, I hated her. And throughout this entire thing, 
I didn't care one fucking bit what happened to her, what didn't happen to her. And I was angry that I was having to watch this life when I pretty much lived it for too much of my goddamn own. So I didn't like it. I'm done. I just picture that horse on running snippy. No, sir, I don't like it. You know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, sir, I didn't like it. And it put me in a very bad mood. I'm sorry, Jamie. No, no, it's fine. <laughs> I'm all better now. <laughs> Darren, tell us about it, man. Smithereens, what'd you think? Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not going to be able to follow that. I've been lucky enough that <laughs> all you people that are speaking much better than I tonight uh, have been following me instead of... Uh, but I, I guess I would say I... I'm a little bit further back. I, I've I've known plenty of girls like Ren, uh, never all that close. The ones that I started to get to know that close, uh, it did. You know, I I didn't really run away, but I just you know I I never Martin, had that much attachment. Situation. Yeah, yeah, and you know I um, so yeah I I knew a lot of girls like her. That was one of the things I liked about the movie, since I wasn't as you know. Uh, affected by the memory of the people that were only casually in my lives. Uh, you know, I, I knew most of every type of character that was in the, in the movie in some, in some aspect, I'm a little younger than this. I mean, this, this came out when I think I was one year old. So, you know, I, I played punk music and all that for 20 something years. So I, uh, you know, there was (laughs) in any group, there's, pretty much that type and that's one of the things that i think uh what's her name susan seidelman is that her name yeah that, that directed it and co-wrote it um she i i you know, i like des- desperately seeking susan and um i i i find it a little bit easier to see her characters as authentic and i think uh jamie was saying the same thing you know that got a, a visceral yeah. response um but yeah i I didn't like her either. I don't know if you're supposed to, but I kind of thought that the story was more about this is her and she's bouncing around. You know, she's very, she feels like she's very important, like a lot of people do. Uh, But it was, you know, about how she was pinging off everybody else's lives. Um, Yeah, the, the landlady, she was a dick. But yeah, I mean, I remember... I got one eviction notice once, and that was because the I dropped off my my rent and it got stuck the on the inside of the mailbox. <laughs> Other than that, I mean, I've never thought about going four months without paying my rent. I mean, you know, you you work it out. Uh, oh. I w- <laughs> rent was always the first bill I ever paid. If I didn't do anything else, I paid my rent. Yeah, you know, if I had to go alternate months on my utility bills. Or, you know, whatever. Like, if I had to do that thing that a lot of us have had to do, <laughs> where you you prioritize, you know. Um, the one thing I always did was pay my rent. And if you don't leech off all your friends, like, you can get a roommate pretty easily, especially when you're, I don't know how old she's supposed to be. But, you know, um, so yeah, I didn't hate her. But I definitely didn't care what happened to her. I was very worried about what was going to happen to Paul. Uh, <laughs> I thought yeah. she was going to ruin his life. <laughs> um, but this this movie was definitely a lot more enjoyable to me. And uh, 
John, you know, uh, you said John Doe was a doorman in this? Yeah, remember the first doorman at the first club at the very beginning of the movie. Okay. I mean, you saw his face for like 30 seconds. I had to go back and look really close. (laughs) (laughs) He's definitely a way better actor than Richard Hell. Um, But yeah. It's a great name, though. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. Suzanne. Well, the first time I saw this movie was on Night Flight. Who remembers Night Flight? Me! And I was fascinated by the way that it looked. And the characters were so... I guess... I I, I thought the characters were just dirty. Yeah. And I watched it again when I was, like, in my mid-20s. But I just... It really had lost that kind of appeal for me. And I, once again, I DVR'd this off of TCM Underground. And I started watching it maybe six months ago. And I, like, 20 minutes in... I realized how much I hated Ren, and I turned it off. (laughs) I found her character to be completely toxic. Mm -hmm. She just didn't give a fuck. She didn't care that, you know, her friend Celine was going to get kicked out of her apartment if she was hanging around there. Oh, come on, you can let me stay here. And I'd be like, get the fuck out, bitch. And then... She, the way that she abused Paul, he was the most sympathetic character in the entire movie. Yeah. And you knew, you know, Richard Hell's character was, he was going to leech to get what he wanted. He didn't care how. How did Just she, like what her. I don't get is how she didn't know he was a dick. Because, I mean, I think the rest of us were aware of that from about five seconds of her talking to him. Yeah. I mean, he blew her off. You know, she was cuddled up next to him and he just, eyes closed, didn't care. He watched her and that other girl cat fight in the middle of a restaurant, walked outside, just watched through the window. But I just found her to just be a, a repellent person. I have to admit, I found the ending incredibly satisfying. I really hope Paul rode off into the sunset and found happiness in New Hampshire. But I thought she got what she deserved at the end of that movie. Yeah. I completely think that she had that coming. But you know what she's going to do? She's going to move on. She's going to find a new group of people to leech from until she dies in a ditch. Yeah. Which I I would be okay with. She reminded me of basically like the gutter punks from something like... Like decline, a decline of, but like part two, like decline of Western civilization, part two, is what she, or no, I'm sorry, part three, because part two was the metal years, but um, part three where it went back to the, like the '90s, like the gutter punks, and that's mm. exactly that's exactly what she reminded me of. And when I was living, when I first moved to Athens, it was ninety. Well, the first time I lived there was when I first first moved there. It was ninety three, and then I, I stayed there for a while, and then I left and came back in ninety five. So it was like right around the mid nineties when I was. And these oh, these people, <laughs> these people, they were these people, and I never understood then why. And I was twenty, and I and I didn't understand then why these people wanted to live like these people. I was like, why do you want to live like this? Get a fucking job. How hard is it? You know, I just didn't get it. 
But, I mean, to me, and I get, like, you know, it's my freedom, man. Like, you know, <laughs> I understand that to an extent. But, you know, for the, for instance, the people that were interviewed in Decline, when they're talking about how they would steal from people or rob people mm-hmm. or whatever to, to survive, I, I felt about them the same way I felt about Ren. And it's, I, I have no use for you because you, what you're doing is not about, it has nothing to do with, like, uh, it has nothing to do with anything political for damn sure. It has nothing to do with anything uh, to do with personal freedom. You're just fucking lazy. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's all there is to it. You're lazy and entitled and you expect other people to take care of you. And that's what she did. And what I don't understand about this film is I don't get the point other than, yeah, she got what she deserved. But typically, when you watch something about someone like this, there comes a point where they learn something, you know. I mean, I guess this was just a this was just intended to be a very realistic portrayal to the point of uh, her not learning any at all which i think is is typical of people who have this sort of narcissistic entitled outlook you know point of fact years later my friend hasn't changed so i I guess that is very realistic (laughs) i mean is that what you think suzanne i mean because you specifically mentioned her getting what she deserved i mean you think that's just the point is that it just people like this just don't get it they never change i i don't know i'm I honestly, I just don't think she ever had it in her system to change. She wanted what she wanted, and there was going to be no substitute for that. And she was going to step on as many people as she could. I, I don't think there's any redemption. No. Did that at least answer part of your question? No. Yeah, it does. It does. And I guess that makes it a very, that makes it very sad. It well, it would if I gave a damn. Um, and that I guess that's part of the the issue I have with the film is that without me being able to muster up any sort of emotional response to the main character, I can't really be invested in having an emotional response when it comes to her end. Uh, you know, so the film overall kind of fails to affect me as far as she's concerned in any way like I just don't I think yeah that's pretty much what you get um you're a bitch so, so that's what you get I mean you use people and you use people and then you feel bad when someone has used you right like everyone it, but, is going to come you know rallying around you that's not the way it fucking works you know what I thought was interesting? At one point when she's talking to Paul, she says, it is pretty early on, she says, I'm a terrible person. I mean, she actually outright tells him, I'm a bad person. Like, she knows that she mistreats people. She knows that what she does is not okay. And she flat out admits to it. But doesn't do anything to change. Like, it doesn't affect her at all. At, at all. I, I just don't think she had the emotional makeup to use that information. 
yeah. This is gonna be the That Girl Run review. It's not really about the movie. It's just about this one character who is your, is your star of this movie. And this girl... This girl could be any girl that, that my cousin dated in the in the, in the early nineties because I, I was only a, I was only a little boy, you know. At the time, my cousin Joey was in a bunch of punk bands, uh, <clears throat> well, lead guitarist and singer of the No Good Nicks, uh, J- J- Joseph O'Brock. Uh, look it up one day; he's on the internet somewhere, I'm sure. Um, but th- these are these girls that were hanging around after the show. You know, look, look it's kind of like the, you know, like to break up Decline, Decline uh, a 2, where, where they talk about the bands going to stay at the girls' houses and taking their makeup and shit like that. This is the, re- <laughs> this is the reverse that. These are the girls that just hung around, and my my, my cousin Joe, I remember, that, that didn't really hit me home until I watched this movie about the, the, the brevity of the situation. That they just let these girls hang around, you know, for blowjob reasons and stuff. Because these girls had no self-respect whatsoever. They just wanted, were, were fame whores, and they wanted to hang out with these these guys because they were in a band. And, you know, whatever. And this girl in this movie, she didn't give a fuck about anything or anybody. And I, I wish she would have got hit by a bus like in like a Final Destination movie. It would have been kind of a fitting ending to, to this movie. If she just got like hit by a bus or got like sucked in like a cesspool or something like that, because she is human garbage, and there's a point where where she goes home and you could you could tell that she might be able to stay home, but she burns so many bridges that nobody in her family gives a shit about her either. You kind of wonder what she did to them, and then there, there's other scenes where she's just hanging out at these people's houses and. Like, what do you guys mention? He uses somebody else's toothbrush. Who, who does that? It's like, I'm just chilling, but I want to brush my teeth at the same time and not tell anybody about it. Who knows? Well, where? you know, he was okay with it. So he's just as bad in that respect. Again, back, I mean, back, back to blowjobs. Who knows where a fucking mouth has been? You know? Who cares? <laughs> it's a blowjob. Yeah, well, <laughs> herpes, you keep that shit forever, Suzanne. So you might, might do a little Karen, okay? It's just a. Uh, um. Yeah, that's this. This movie is uh, is. He's got a handful of those girls. The girl that that's hanging out with Paul in the van, talking about fucking giving him a hand job and shit. And it's like, why well, can I just hang out here? It's kind of cold outside. It's like, yeah, this is a girl that don't give a fuck either. This, this is a, a film filled with girls that don't give a fuck. That the girl, the the blonde girl who's watching TV and smoking. This is a girl who doesn't give a fuck. You mean his wife? Whatever. I, I don't care at this point. I mean, which I was like, God. <laughs> I mean, like, that was actually kind of sad. It is sad, but it is sad that she is that pathetic, is what's sad. Like, how just, pathetic just, are you that you're uh, basically okay with this situation? His wife just let this little girl just hang around, you know? Just, ow. Well, and he told her, you know, she doesn't matter. I don't give a shit. If, yeah. You know, you just will. But there could be a business person. Yeah. He's like, I don't care about her. But, you know, <laughs> good job. So this, this. See, and that's another that should have been another tip off that there that this guy was a dick. I mean, there were so many red flags. I don't know how she's surprised at all. She's I mean, as soon as we she's, saw it, I was like, well, he's a jackass. She's narcissistic. She's that, that girl you were talking about that lived with you all those years, Jamie, that, that expects everybody to do a thing for her, and when they don't, they're like, hey, I thought we were cool. It's like, no. Yeah. Everybody's got that I thought we were cool friend, 
you know. Yeah, it's those people who borrow money, and then when you say, hey, I really need that 100 back that you owe me, because, you know, I've got bills to pay. And then they go, well, you know, I don't have it right now. Um, okay, well, <laughs> I really need it, so I don't have it. Well, Look, asshole. Well, like, you have the nerve to be mad at me for asking for, for my money after I loaned it to you when you needed it. This is that it's that same. It's that same. I mean, she would actually get. Um, <laughs> this is, apparently, this is still very raw. I don't Round know. two. <laughs> she, <laughs> she would get this attitude about when somebody like one of our friends uh, sold her a car, for instance. And they told her, they're like, look, you can, you know, you make the payments, it's like, but you make a choice. Either you continue to make the payments like you're supposed to, and we're good. Or you can stop making the payments, and we just won't ever speak again. Because they kind of, they knew who she was. So they were basically not expecting to ever see all of their money. Well, she did okay for a little while, but then take one guess as to what happened. <laughs> and... And she was the kind of person, if anybody did ask her for the money that they owed her, then she would get an attitude that they had the nerve to ask her, knowing that she didn't have it. So I'm like, well, it's their money. <laughs> like, you know, they probably need it, too. Or she actually got that attitude about her landlord once. Like, they don't need the money. He's a nurse. Can you believe he's bugging me for the rent money? Well, yeah, bitch, I can. Because that's kind of the point of being a landlord is you expect to get paid. You know, uh... Oh. You went like total Colin Farrell and Kerbal Bosses right there, you know. <laughs> look at that look at that guy in his special chair, you know. <laughs> oh my god. So I guess maybe that means the the movie is actually good since it was so authentic in its portrayal of dirtbags. <laughs> <laughs> that sense, yes, it's getting a much higher rating than the one I gave the other one. Yes, it, it's uh it, it personifies everybody that I hate all in one little movie. And, you know, it's just, not everybody I hate, you know, but I, I think one of those has been replaced by people that I dislike in the grocery store because, uh, yeah, that's not so bad lately. But, you know, here we go. It's, uh, yeah, it's just skanks, you know, doing skanky things and then wondering what went wrong. Like, I know exactly what went wrong, you know. It's just like somebody in my family that's going to remain nameless is, uh, gets into a lot of toxic relationships as well and then wonders, hey, what went wrong? Well, you you chase guys on the internet and this is what happens you know it's just no <laughs> stop doing that and uh stop chasing Ren because that girl's fucked up and she will fuck your life up the only tolerable person in that movie was Paul hey. he was the only person when he started messing around with her I'm like oh god dude don't do it come on hey, at least the actual whore gave him half a sandwich okay so she gave yeah. the whore. It was yeah, apparently days old. The whore is more sympathetic than your main character. So the whore, <laughs> the whore gave him more than, than this uh, entire movie than she ever did. So what's that tell you? And how rancid must that sandwich have been? Because she's like, you know, my, it's chicken salad. My mom made it. And then she goes, I visited my mom the other day. Which means <laughs> she's been toting around this chicken salad sandwich in her purse with an egg yeah, for God only egg, knows yes. how long. <laughs> The egg had to be pretty bad as well. <laughs> oh, Smithereens. I'm, I'm done talking about this bitch because, you know, she, she doesn't deserve my time. It, the, the character, I'm sure the actress is a very lovely person, but maybe not. Maybe she's portraying herself. I, I don't know. Six months. That, never mind. I'm not going to get into it. 
There's a lot of stuff on IMDb talking about this movie. I'm not going to get into that because it doesn't deserve it because reprehensible characters. But, um, Jamie, any final mm. thoughts and what are you going to give a 1 to 10? Well, when I first heard the title that, you know, this was a movie we were going to be... I w- was hoping it was going to be a documentary about the smithereens. Because <laughs> that I could stomach. <laughs> they do, I'd be down with that. They do show up at Newcomb High, though, so that there's um, that... I mean, well, and they're all over here. Just, I mean, you see posters, posters and yes. and albums, and they're, they're just they're everywhere. But um, it was not that, and you know, I'm kind of torn because while I did not at all enjoy my experience with this film, <sighs> part of that, I guess, is because it was so very raw and realistic in how it portrayed these kind of people. And clearly, <laughs> for anyone who has been listening, that hit me on a very personal level. So I don't know if I can rightfully blame the film for me not having a good time or if I can just blame my own shitty decisions that I made in the past. So, um, yeah, and I guess in doing what it does, it, it did it pretty well. So I'm going to have to say a seven. Fair enough. Uh, Darren. Um, let's see. Uh, final thing I'd like to add is I like the soundtracks for both these movies. Uh, I like the soundtrack for this one a lot more, you know, Richard Howell, a lot of the feelies, you know, and I think the guy that directed, uh, anyway, sorry. I would give it an eight actually. Fair enough. Suzanne. Uh, I'm going to give it three circles, a star, a Q. <laughs> Another Q. The Batman <laughs> Stars and Clovers. And two other people's toothbrushes. <laughs> so I'm, I'm actually sitting at about an eight with this one myself. And I just want to say to everyone, I mean, I really hope you, uh, you saw what I was trying to go for with oh, these for two sure. movies. Yeah. I mean, because they are just so complete completely different but in a lot of ways it, the characters are the same but yeah this one is an 8 for me and I agree I do like the soundtrack on this one a lot better than Border Radio but I still like that one a lot too I dig the whole East West Coast vibe thing it's kind of like watching Beat Street versus Breakin <laughs> um, Beat Street for the win by the way I I love I love breaking. Don't get me wrong, but I have I have special love for Beat Street. You, you know, but, breaking, uh, you know where breaking beats most films. It has old school Ice T as the DJ, and it has if you look real close to that beach scene, you can see Jean Claude Van Damme just dancing his ass off and clapping. His yes, hands. you can. It, <laughs> it beats most movies in that sense. Yeah, <laughs> breaking two, not so much. Uh, <laughs> no, that's. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but it sucks. No, I, I like it. It's just not as good. Um, my turn, I guess. I, I like it decent enough. Like I said, see, years ago, I watched it again because, um, ironically, uh, the lady who played Rosemary in Demons, so she had a small role in the film, so I had to look for her in the film. I still didn't find her, but she said it was really minuscule per, 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 per cameo in the film. I think she was one of the hookers. It could be. Uh, yeah, she was one of the hookers. 
very, very sweet lady, though. I had to meet her in, in the city one time. And, um, not as a hooker, as as the actress. <laughs> <laughs> not as a hooker. Let me, let me rectify that real fast. But, uh, I give it seven rancid chicken salad sandwiches out of ten. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that mayonnaise has to be nasty as fuck. Man. That's possible. I don't even like regular mayonnaise. <laughs> but you're white. According to Undercover Brother, you have to like mayonnaise if you're white. You know. <laughs> I'll get kicked out of the club then, I guess. Where with some hot sauce, man. You know. And from Middle America. <laughs> Tastes good old grits. I love, I love that stupid fucking movie, Undercover Brother, but unrelated. <laughs> but um, right after this, we're gonna come back, and uh, it'll be right back after that. Hey, Paul. What I was thinking is that. We need to cut a promo. Yeah, I've been working on some ideas. It's just, I don't really know where to go with it exactly. What if I got like a filter where we could just kind of talk normally and we can have kind of a script, but then yes. I can I can like filter it so that one of us will have one kind of voice and then one will have the other. I want to put my request, make me as Freddy Krueger. Can you do that? Maybe instead of the voices, what if we tried to like write a skit, develop a whole thing and we have a backstory and, but well, I don't know. That might be kind of too long. So well, like screeching cars and explosions and fireworks. and Yeah. And, yeah. But what about, I like it. Maybe instead of, you know, doing a filter, we could just like reach out to Robert England himself and maybe Ooh. he can, you know, just record a promo for us sometime. Do you think, I, I mean, we I, might have to like raise some money. We can do a Kickstarter and we could just throw it out to like Robert England and you know sure, just sure. just all kinds of actors and and I think people will do that. I think. <laughs> sure. Why not? Well, you know, I don't know. Maybe we're overthinking this whole thing. How about if we just tell people where to find us? I like that. You can find us at Who Will Survive on iTunes, Stitcher, on the Legion Podcast Network, and on the Raw Live and Unedited Podcasting Network. Also on Facebook and Instagram under the same name. Oh wait, can we do it? underwater oh, with that, piranhas killing me that would kind of be brutal and if that doesn't work then you can do the regular promo all right well just get in the water and i'll go get some fish all right cool bad movies the world is full of them from low-budget crap fests to downright unwatchable. And only two men are willing to watch them all. So climb in and take your seat. This is Short Bus Cinema. Let's do it. Hey everyone, this is Johnny Krug from Kruger Nation. And this is Rick Morgan from the Helming Power Hour. And we have decided to team up and take you where no one has gone before. We're on a quest to find the world's worst movie, and we're doing it on the bus. Driving through cult classics in every genre to find the holy grail of bad movies. So if you're looking for something different and more fun than you can stand, then climb on in. Short Bus Cinema is a proud member of Legion Podcasts. That's right, yo! Short Bus Cinema. We'd love to watch the movies you hate. We haven't had a death segment the last couple times, and I, I, I won't even say why not Stan Lee this time around, because he's still ill. I, I won't go for that until he gets better. And uh, 
<laughs> then I can go back to hating him again. But okay. um, yeah, death, death segment this time around. I don't even know what I call it, but we had a few folks pass away uh, that are of significance. Uh, I always say, whatever little person actor dies, and whatever horror host dies, I weep. And we had two of those. We had one of each this time around pass away on us. Uh, R.I.P. to Mr. James Hendricks, who portrayed C- Commander USA on uh, Commander USA's groovy movies. If, if some of you guys ever watched that, I didn't watch it, but I know he meant a lot to a lot of people. He was like a, a, a horror host on like network TV or like like a USA USA. Well, I, I was a Commander USA, but it was it, it wasn't before my time. But it wasn't something I was watching either when I was that young. So I'm not. I don't have any any bones here, but I'm I'm sure Jamie does. Uh, what, what are your memories of him, Jamie? I don't have any. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't. Well, I just I don't think I ever watched it. Fair enough, uh, Suzanne. Okay, I watched Commando USA every Saturday afternoon. I uh, it show. It, I've seen some really fucking bad movies because of them. I, I watched a Polish vampire in Burbank. I watched the children. With Commander USA for the first That's time, I saw movie. so many. I mean, the '80s version, not this crappy new one. Yes, yeah, so I'm talking about. And I just—it was so goofy. He was so out there, and we can't forget about Lefty. I, like I said, I in my teenage years. Hey, you want to go hang out with us? I'm like, no, Commander USA is on. I'm going to watch a bad movie. <laughs> but I always—it was just fun for me, and I still remember a lot of those. So, yeah, I'm very sad. Oh, man. Derek, you got any memories of him, dude? No. Um, I think the first time hearing about him was hearing about his death. Okay. Yeah, I, I um, like I said, I was watching Joe Bob and stuff later, but this guy was before Joe Bob and that, so that's special in that way. But uh, horror hosts, like like Jamie mentioned, MeTV, you guys could all watch Sven Gulli now, thanks to MeTV being syndicated, and that doesn't happen too often, a local guy being... Uh, being <laughs> being syndicated so it's a very big deal to spend ghoulie fans and a very big deal for us to berate the the, the, the the what i'm gonna call the leftist spend fans who bitch about his bad movies like have you ever watched the show before this is what he does he plays bad movies people you know so he has something to joke about the the, the comedy <laughs> yeah. oh, when i met sven ghoulie at flashback uh he gave me a bat ring and proposed to me He's such a nice guy, man. I, I, I oh, love. Oh, he uh, is. Rich Coast, by the way, and I'm, I'm really b- b- berating this man we're just talking about. But he's uh, he's ours. That now he became yours. So th- th- there you go. Uh, oh, one more, and I I I think that she's pretty great because I, if you haven't, you've you've seen her and stuff. Trust me, <laughs> she's done a ton. She's a little person actress. Doesn't make it doesn't discount her anyway. Debbie Lee Carrington passed away. Uh, Man, age 58, she was an actress and a stunt woman in many, many things, including Return of the Jedi, uh, and both of the Ewok movies, which I've watched more than ten times, I'll tell you right now. She she was an actress in Howard the Duck, because you need a lot of little people for that movie, of course. She played Valerie Vomit in the Gar- Garbage Field Kids movie. I've watched that many times. Oh, what else? Oh, most importantly, she played Thumbelina, who was the midget stripper in Total Recall. And, uh... Everybody loves to see where she gets that Uzi. She just fucking goes crazy with that thing. <laughs> it's good stuff. But she she's in she she worked a lot because her, her, a lot of her stuff was required to have a little person, including the the later Chucky films where she played 
what you would call the walking Tiffany, you know, like like Ed Gale was the walking Chucky to where you had to have those overhead shots. You had to have a, a little person actor stand in to do those, and she, she was Tiffany in those later Chucky films. But she she worked a ton, and I've always enjoyed and I've always enjoyed meeting my 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 little person actors because they got such it sounds like like they're fucking little minstrels. They got such personality. Those little people actors. No, but no, they, she. I'm sure she's great. I've met Warwick Davis and Ed Gale, which I've mentioned, and they they've always had f- fond memories of basically this close knit group of people that that always work together all the time. So. I've heard, I've seen on social media an outcrying of, of, um, outcry of, of love for this, uh, this lady who from my hear was just like a ball of energy. She, she would, she auditioned for somebody and she was doing like cartwheels in the audition and like, like she really wanted this job. So she was, uh, she was a worker and a friend to a lot of people. So, uh, Debbie Lee, I, I salute you cause I love me some, uh, I love me some little people actors, you know? Oh, and she played little Mimi in, uh. It, it, when maybe you had a, a midget doppelganger, a little person doppelganger on Drew Carey's show, that was pretty spectacular. That's right, that was her. Oh my god, she she worked a lot. Um, She's in Seinfeld too. Yeah, man. <laughs> and one one that you shared, Darren. I'm gonna find the article, but um, she was the the little girl that that was um well she was a woman now that was the subject, and this this is this is the most important one, people, because it it had such an impact on the way we view society today was um uh the the girl that was the subject of the brown versus the board of education uh case that desegregated the schools uh, back in the day and uh that was um that was a big deal for for society as a whole and she was the 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 the, the girl that, that wanted to go to the that the parents wanted to go to the all white school and it's 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 not right but this was 1958 and uh it's People, Linda Brown, yeah, dead at night, yeah. at seventy six, and uh, you know, there's so much even today bigotry going on amongst people that you don't like somebody, you know. This this is this is the new this is 2018. People, it's it's time to start showing some love here, and uh, that this is uh this was a very important case in in all of that, you know, which it didn't all happen all at once, obviously. That's 1954, by the way, not, not 1958. And, um, still, you know, even today, I mean, we just moved out of Thornton, which is a, a, a preempted white town. There's a lot of white folks there who have very white opinions, and I'm glad I'm out of there. I mean, I, I got out of my car and came to our new place, and I could smell the getaway, and I was fucking home. Because too many white folks in one place scare the fuck out of me. And, like, I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't need that in my life, man. You know? <laughs> but, um... I just don't have that here, the, 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 that bigotry, and I'm I'm glad I don't. And uh, Jamie, she's from the South. She, she she's not she's not racist, of course, you know. But uh, I, yeah, regardless of what David Andrews would have you believe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh those are some pretty some pretty heavy hitters. I think in my opinion, those three. And I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it at that. And I'm gonna ask Darren. Uh, to, to pimp his show, man. Tell us all about it if they haven't listened to it already. Oh, okay. Um, so the the main show is the Psychosemantic Podcast. It's sort of gotten the nickname the Psychosemantic Cast, which now I'm stuck with two names. But um, <laughs> it we cover a lot of genres. Basically, it's politics, movies, and political movies. It's kind of hard to keep track of how fast pace shit keeps happening. You know, it's hard to plan ahead. 
Um, but you know, we'll take something that's you know, I have a rotate rotating guest, Gary. You you were on I think my third episode ever. It was an early one, yep. You know, we did the parallel parallax view. Parallax view yep. and then the next yep. The next episode was on a documentary about the Central Park Five. Uh, you know, we just did um, you know, Dead Zone and Repo Man and uh, so you can find the politics in any movie, so it's kind of a cheat that way. But uh, it's it's a very rambly, long form conversation sort of show. Uh, we've got a Facebook group. We're on the Legion Podcast Network. Um, I just started taking over. Uh, I'm the step. I'm the step host over at the VD Clinic Podcast because I'm not trying to replace everybody's dad, David. Um. And that's where we do uh, a literature and a movie pairing. Um, we just did. When, when's this come out? Probably next week sometime. Okay, so the, uh, we've uh, the last episode we did was on um, uh, Brazil and the book "It Can't Happen Here," and then coming soon will be our episode on my friend Dahmer the movie and. My friend Dahmer, the graphic novel with Bo Ransdell as a special guest and head host, Vanessa McHenry. It's she calls it a partnership, but she, since she does all the editing, she has that fifty-one percent vote. There you go. <laughs> oh my gosh, uh, Suzanne. Um, well, I think we have an NFW coming out tomorrow. I cannot remember what one it's going to be. <laughs> So I'm pimping badly, but look for your next episode of the NFW commentaries. Fair enough. Jamie, you got Sorry. That's okay. Jamie, you got a lot going on. I know something just happened where uh, you and the band got back together again. Tell us all about it, girl. Yes, we did. Well, if you recall, I believe on the last episode, I teased something about some podcast information coming out. Didn't I? Yes. <laughs> okay. Um <laughs> Uh, and that is that I have recently joined the cast. Oh, that was Fester. Happy birthday, Fetter. Yes, I have recently joined the cast of the Married with Children podcast. And so has Dan Chase. So it is Alex and Dan and me, uh, basically the skeleton crew, back together again. Uh, only this time we're discussing Married with Children, which is very different <laughs> from what we did before. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's really fun. It it's just uh, just like old times. It's kind of amazing how we just dove right back into who we were, and it made me remember how much I love <laughs> recording with those guys. Our it's we just have a lot of fun together. So that's really fun. We've gotten a couple of episodes under. One of them has been released. One of them, the next one's going to be released this Wednesday. And then uh, there's one coming up where I get into this really impassioned rants, uh, rant about how much I uh, it was about Playboy, which I think I had a I think I had a, a, a similar rant on this show yeah, I think so. <laughs> when, Hef, when Hefner died and that upset me. And so we, <laughs> um, I, I sort of have a similar thing going on on that show because it's an episode all about. <clears throat> but uh, that's fun. And we have a new Devour the Podcast that we're going to be recording at the beginning of next week, which I'm looking forward to. That's going to be very exciting. Also, I just edited a new episode of Attack of the 
Colossal Collection that's going to be going out. And, oh, and then, of course, the podcast under the series episode that dropped today that I did with Duncan. So that's what I've been doing lately. Fair enough. I haven't releasing anything because I was doing the move and stuff, but uh, she should see some stuff coming out from me this week. Uh, the last beef that we recorded, the first one with Iris, should be coming out in a couple of uh, two drink minimums, uh, all on legionpodcast.com. Uh, the announcement that I teased earlier, and I'll tell you guys all about it right here. I, I attempted before to, to bring back uh, Sloppy Seconds with, with Tim Gross from the Bloodbass and Boobsticks podcast, but I lost the file. And I sounded really terrible on it because I was reading notes off a of paper. And I always sound t- terribly <laughs> wooden when I read notes off a of paper. And I really hated it. And I'm glad that the file died. But Tim Gross thought he was fired jokingly. And I just never went back to it. But I'm, I'm going back to it now. Now that I'm moved into my new place. And my head is feeling better than it was mentally as far as the sense of normalcy goes. And I'm, fe- I'm feeling good about where I'm at is, is my, the point I'm trying to make. And that'll give me a, a, a better work ethic to make things happen. But I am going to be dumping the old episodes, minus the, the sequel news, because I'll be editing that out, of Sloppy Seconds on Legion, along with brand new episodes, which uh, are either going to be full series retrospectives broken from parts, or one movie per show. I haven't really decided yet, but the first ones that I'm doing are, are, are the Sabata sequels, which Suzanne has already expressed her express written consent that she wants to be on those fucking shows. <laughs> and uh, those are good. Lee Van Cleef and Yul Brynner showing up in those movies. So. Hell yes. And um, yeah, we do do that. Uh, I, I have plans to do the, 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 the most, uh, the, the longest uh, horror franchise ever, I think, recorded, being the Witchcraft series, which I think has like 14 sequels or something. Uh, which their philosophy is how do you sell a horror film to, to horny teenagers? You put a girl with big titties with her titties hanging out of her clothes by the pentagram, and then you make 14 sequels that are like softcore porn and really terrible. But I'm going to take the plunge, and I'm going to watch all of them. And then eventually <laughs> those puppet master films, as Jamie mentioned, if Jamie ever wanted to, to join in on the foot and watch all those puppet master films with me, we, we, could, we could watch them all, Jamie. And say, you know what? Toulon was kind of a dick. But then you kind of sympathize with him because there, there, there's a thing between the second and third film where he's he's a big dick and he, you, you really hate him as a human being. But then in the third film, you you have the the flashback one to where he's back in Nazi Germany and you really sympathize. It's like, what the fuck, Charlie Band? It's, it's not really right. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to go with that. And, uh, yeah, Sloppy Seconds is coming back and uh, hopefully a major fucking way. I'm hoping to get a guest for each of these retrospectives, if you will. And that'll help me avoid doing retrospectives on this show because I, I don't want to burden my, my co-host with retrospectives. I think that a lot of podcasts use those as a crutch and I was going to do the whole Phantasm series on here, but you know what? Every other podcast that does regular horror films and, and genre films have done that retrospective and I'll probably hold off on that for a very long time because of that. It's just... That's something I, I love the films. Don't get me wrong. I, I, have, I have the elusive Wellgo box set that everybody's going after still, and but I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off on that for a very long time to get some other some other franchises in there that I think deserve our attention or maybe don't deserve our attention. You'll hear all that on uh, 
the brand new episodes of Sloppy Seconds, which should be coming to your ears hopefully by next month sometime. I'm I'm really shooting for the for the stars with that one. I'm hoping to get some guests and hopefully some interviews for that. We'll we'll see how that goes. But um, up next. The next show, it's going to be a real doozy because I I unapologetically love all three of these films and I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of hate from at least one of them or, or just or just one of them. Uh, we're doing They Died With Their Skates On being uh, Solar Babies, Rollerball, and Gleaming the Cube and uh... Oh, god damn. <laughs> See? <laughs> <laughs> That's coming up next on your Cinema Beef podcast. I've, I've talked to some guests about coming on some shows, so I'm, none, none of them are confirmed except for um, our crossover with the Horror Mafia podcast, who are on Horrorphilia. That's a great group of group of guys and a gal who you guys should be listening to. Don and Donnie Rings loves some really terrible films, and he makes people watch them. And he shouldn't do that, but it, yeah, it's 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 bad, you know. Uh, <laughs> um. So Don and 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 Big Bill and uh, Baby Joey and uh. To the terrible Tanya, well, well t- Tanya, not ta- Tanya, not Tanya. I'm sorry, Tanya. Like, like, like the country singer, yes, will be coming to join us for uh, uh, what's it called? Hellbent for Octane episode where we do Rolling, Rolling Vengeance and the Wraith on that episode. So look for that to come out next month sometime as well. But um, yeah, lots of plans, guys. I'm excited about these plans. Uh, but next episode, hopefully, you had to die with her skates on. We hope Iris will be back with us. She had to do some working tonight at the hospital, I guess. Some extra work, so she couldn't be here to join us. But, um, yeah, find all a bunch of great shows on Legion Podcasts. And, uh, we're all, uh, some, some good podcasts could be stolen, not sold. Not stolen. But Bo takes care of us. But, uh, yeah. I hear some rumors at Horophilia. I, I hope they're doing well. I don't know what these are. We're doing okay. We're doing okay. I don't know what these yeah. rumors are, but you know, this is I, I hear everything s- is resolved for the moment. Okay, yeah. I, that's why I didn't mention anything, you know, concrete about anything because I don't know what's going on with that. So, yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully they're doing fine, and uh, I'll leave it at that. But always remember here at the Cine Beef Podcast: if you've got beef, we've got the grinder. We'll see you guys next time.
Christ. Who ain't a woke up? Please.